welcome back to episode 2. Today we've got two terrible tales of terrifying technology that'll convince you to break your phone and give up all your friends. But first, buy that mogwai and keep it fed before midnight because it's time for Frightful Failures! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Frightful Failure Podcast. I am one of your ghost hosts with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me, your other ghost host with the most, and a close personal friend of mine, TN Guignol. TN, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I don't know. I'm okay, I guess. Perfect. That's exactly the attitude we want when we're doing a podcast. Well, I'm just... Zach, it's... It's No Nut November. Yes, I suppose it is. So, uh, you, you know, I, I'm just, I just got a lot of pent up, you know, feelings, I guess. Okay, that's fair. Uh, well, let's work some of that tension out by discussing. Uh, Wait, two really? Films. You and me? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'd be lying if I'd said I hadn't thought about it, but. I think after the recent weekend we had, and you tying me up, I think we've. Uh, cross some boundaries here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's very true very true all right well uh yeah sure let's uh, uh today we've got uh, a great little combination of movies uh warning us all about uh the the deadly nature of technology and having any kind of meaningful connection with anyone yeah so the first film that we're going to be talking about here is 1986's deadly friend which was directed by Wes Craven. Mm, yes. Uh, now, Deadly Friend, um, uh, just to give a little backstory, um, is actually one of those Star Wars prequels that you've been, you know, seeing recently. Um, it is the origin story of BB-8. How dare you? How dare you start this with such a terrible, terrible joke? It's not a joke. Um, no, the quick synopsis is uh, this boy genius... Uh, kind of gets this girlfriend who's, who lives next door. She's a very abusive father. He has built a uh, very angry killbot sidekick. And uh, one day his girlfriend gets killed and he takes the brain chip out of the killbot, puts it into the dead girl's body, and then is shocked and amazed when the dead girl comes back and starts seeking revenge and is basically acting like a robot. Now, I, I gotta ask up front, because as you said, this movie came out in 1986. What was it with the late 80s, and specifically late 80s horror and sci-fi, where they're, they're trying to tell the audience, hey, if you have the opportunity to bring a loved one back to life, you probably shouldn't. Like, I didn't know that that was actually a possibility. You know, I mean... It was apparently a very big epidemic back then. Apparently, and I actually, there were definitely a few moments that I thought this movie kind of crept very closely to uh, Reanimator and some films like that. Yeah, and Pet Cemetery, yeah. Pet Cemetery, yeah. And Pet Cemetery and Frankenhooker. Um, yeah. So I'm very curious because I um, I had already known a little bit about this movie. And so, Tien, I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts were about this uh I would say, uneven film. Okay, well, uh, first and foremost, I started the movie, you know, pressed play on the movie without knowing anything about it. I knew the title, and I had the one screen grab of it, which I think was just 
Paul and his friend. And so based on those two elements, I totally thought, oh, this is like Fatal Attraction or something. This is like uh, you meet somebody and then they, they go crazy and start stalking you. So super caught out of left field when a robot, you know, just appeared. <laughs> Didn't expect that at all. Was not prepared for a robot in any way. And the fact that the movie starts with that, like, it's not even like, oh, hey, well, you know, there's going to be a robot, just prepare yourself. It's like, no, no, opening scene, here's Johnny Five, enjoy. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, I I don't want us to jump the shark too quickly and kind of reveal our our full hand about this movie. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll we'll start to talk a little bit about it and kind of point out some things, maybe see if people can figure out the the problem, and then we'll we'll, we'll reveal our hand here. But um, uh, the movie, so so first off, uh, BB, the, the name of the robot, he looks like Rob from Super Smash. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Well, he looks like a combination of Rob from Smash and uh, the robots from the movie Chopping Mall, mm. where in, in regards to very not efficient in any way. Like, oh, yes. Got, like, goddamn tank treads on the bottom of him, and it's like, where, how is he gonna ever fit in a house? Like, there's yeah. no way... And yet, and yet, somehow extremely efficient. Uh, by the way, if I ever build a robot, I definitely want to make sure that it can easily toss a baby grand piano across the room. That's the uh, thing. That's the thing that boggles my mind about this film. Is from the get go, the movie establishes like, hey, by the way, the robot is comfortable with killing if it needed to. <laughs> it's extremely comfortable. I, I, I would say, and this is a hot take. Too comfortable with killing and maiming people. Some would this say robot. enthusiastically. Okay. <laughs> yes, I would say. Some would say waiting for the moment, like a like a pit bull, uh, <laughs> like like just prepared and ready and and just please, you know, please fuck with Paul is is Somebody, what is going anyone. on behind anyone, a old lady coming across the street. Please, please, I beg you, I need to work something out here. So um, the thing that that impressed me about this film is that uh, it offers you no explanation at all about your main character. No, it doesn't. He's just kind of a jack of all trade genius. He's he's Dexter all grown up, and he just is great at everything. Yeah, he's he's like an incredible robotic engineer, and, and also like a brain surgeon. And, yeah, and his mom is just like, yeah, it's just his hobby. It's like, just it's my just, son. The movie treats it like it's not a big deal. And in fact, meanwhile, she can't even keep a husband. (laughs) Right. When Paul meets Tom, the the kid down the street, Mm. he's like, oh, are you in 10th grade? And then Paul goes, oh, no, I have like a scholarship at the university. I'm there to, (laughs) you know, teach and learn about brain stuff. And the kid just goes, all right, whatever. Like that. (laughs) One thing I will give to this film. I although obviously written by adults, I think this movie captures uh, teenagers better than most because of things like that of like oh no I'm going to the university because I'm so advanced and the kid is being like cool I don't fucking care and the fact that when Paul meets the next the next door neighbor the uh, Samantha he comes to Tom and goes hey do you know anything about you know, you know do you have like a girlfriend or whatever and he's like no the girls around here are stuck up and he goes oh do you know anything about this Sam girl hey, what do you know about uh People live next door to me. Sam? Yeah. Great tits. <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah. That is real life. That yeah. is actual teenage talk. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, 
she is uh she's she's the Bev Marsh type that uh yeah. that you you'll find uh, uh I would say more than is necessary in a lot of 80s films. Yes, that's a great point. We might have to do like a deep dive of that. Maybe. Why yeah. Is domestic abuse such a go-to. Mhm. Yeah. Um, can I say and I and again we're not trying to jump anything here but uh Tien, Tom is actually my second favorite character in the movie. Uh, is that right? Yes, because he treats the entire film and every situation in the most realistic fashion I've ever seen in a horror film in the 80s. Like shit gets real real bad and he's and his response is I'm fucking out of here. Like it's not Yeah. Like it, he would be the the antithesis to any Scooby-Doo adventure. It's like, oh, let's split up, gang. He's like, yeah, let's split up all the way to I'm going home. I'm not. I'm not doing this. Very true. Very true. Now, um, uh, although perhaps it's just uh, the the one moment in the film in which you have to sort of suspend your disbelief. But when he does actually see Sam uh, in her full Robo glory, he he spends a good amount of time kind of beckoning her before I guess realizing it's her is that what we were meant to believe that he doesn't recognize that it's her while she's across the room still in pretty decent lighting or or or, or what is uh, I think it, that's a good question I think it was more a case of you he had a certain line and I think that kind of kept reoccurring he had a certain threshold for weirdness right like when when Paul is doing amateur brain surgery on this dead girl and sticks the computer chip in her fucking brain and then her leg kicks up, Tom just faints for a moment. Like, he has a certain threshold for weird stuff. So, girl being in the attic, he's like, oh, this is pretty weird. And it's like, oh, she's blonde. She kind of looks like the girl that died. Okay, this is getting pretty weird. And then, like, when she's, like, an inch away from him, he's like, no, this is too weird. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Um, y- you do realize early on, though, I mean, the, the, the scene that we are introduced to Sam with is her immediately being drawn to BB and saying, like, oh, my gosh, who is this little guy? And that, that really, the, uh, at that point, you didn't need any explanation about Paul or why he built BB because that said it all right there. It's, it's Pussy Patrol. That's what that's BB exactly was built for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too, is the, I, I would say of all the absurd things about this film, the fact that everyone's pretty cool about this fully AI robot just scooting around is probably the most absurd aspect. <laughs> People are, uh, I would say, it, it, it. the movie normalizes it so much that the one old lady who doesn't like the robot is treated like the movie's villain, basically. Yeah. Because she doesn't want a giant robot capable of throwing a piano on her property. Understandably. Yeah, and the whole movie's like, what an asshole she is. She's like, yeah. now with the robot. Like, no, this is a nightmare. So, um, let's talk about a few things, because, uh, you know, yeah. just sort uh, of, like, gushing over certain aspects. No, no, I absolutely. Tom was my second favorite character in the movie, and I'm curious, who was your favorite character in the movie? My favorite character? Boy. I mean, maybe BB? <laughs> because... I love the fact that he, you know, has this facade of cuteness, but will, like, pick you up by the nutsack. That's the, um, thing. That's the other thing I, I respect about this film. The film makes no bones about it that, like, 
he's a killbot. Like, there are times before the old body switcheroo happens that Paul's like, oh no, BB, don't do that. And the robot's like, I'm going to do the hell I want. And just does it anyway. <laughs> so that once that happens, like, oh, now I brought this girl. I played in God's domain. I brought this girl back. And now she's got a robot brain. And he's like, hey, Robo Sam, don't do that. And she's like, I'm going to do the hell I want. Like, the movie was like, hey, you knew what the you knew what the robot was about, man. Like, it's like, yeah. um, the story from Natural Born Killers. You knew I was a snake, bitch. Like, I, that's what I do. Like, I do mm. what I want. Uh, yeah, the the scene in which we're introduced to the fact that BB is very capable of hurting, maiming, killing a human uh, is when this very 80s gang, uh, which appear to be on their way to a convention dressed as uh, Rowdy Roddy from They Live. Very true. Uh, uh, all of every single one of them. Um, but uh, that that is the scene in which we were shown and, and it, it sets it up in such a way where it's like, oh, he's the bully. He should get picked up by the cock and balls by a robot and, and thrown. He deserves it. But but no, I mean, you you really have to step back and say, why is this guy allowed to have this robot with him? Yeah, well, that is, is cool. Everyone's cool with it. Well, so the, I'm, I'm going to reveal the mystery here. Uh, my actual favorite character in the movie is the abusive dad. <laughs> is now, it? I would have guessed that. Awful. So let me unpack that a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'm not one of those assholes who likes villains just to like villains. I'm not like, well, the best part of Thor is Loki. No. The heroes are great. That's you do awesome. have a poster of Loki in your room, though. Well, it's above my bed, first of all, but nevertheless. So, Richard Marcus is the guy who plays Sam's abusive dad. And, whatever, it's a very stereotypical role of like, hey, are you, are you messing around with boys? It's exactly like you said, it's, it's Bev from It. It's exactly that same role. But the difference is, where most of those 80s films go, oh, let's kind of nudge towards incest to make the crowd real uncomfortable. No, no, no. Deadly Friend throws a dream sequence out of nowhere where the abusive dad literally just turns into Freddy Krueger. <laughs> the line, you can't hurt daddy if daddy don't want to be hurt, is the single funniest line in this goddamn movie. No, absolutely. Um... She stabs him with a, a broken flower vase. And he just shrugs it off and just starts spraying blood out of it all over the place. And it I, is so absurd. I like I that line. I also like the fact that he says, like, you can't stop me, neither can that stupid robot. You can't hurt me because daddy don't want to be hurt. Oh. <laughs> you can't stop me. Oh. He can't stop me. And that little As if, because he's literally a cartoon He's a Captain Planet villain. No, he truly, truly was. <laughs> the, the, the fact that he was listing the robot as uh, as the potential his his potential defeat at the hands of the robot that new robot. Yes, no, I I I love that dearly, dearly, dearly. So. Um... So let's kind of delve deeper here. So yeah, so the movie. All right. Are we ready is, for the big reveal? Is that uh, is that? Well, what the we're... movie runs at like a breakneck speed. Like it's a full length film, but 
we don't get time for anything. It's like, move on to the next scene, next scene, next scene. This guy's dead. This lady's dead. Next scene, next scene, Mm -hmm. next scene. It is at a breakneck speed. And it just keeps ramping up the absurdity to a... you're, You're like, where else can it go from here? And then it does something else fucking ridiculous. So, um... If we if we haven't necessarily uh, covered it enough, I mean, uh, let's just really accentuate this before we we kind of reveal to you what is wrong with this film, kind of wh- why it is the way it is. So it's a movie that seems very to be a very realistic portrayal of you know kind of small town teenagers. It is very much a romance with some Mm -hmm. big drama peppered in the robot itself is honestly very cute aside from its horrible violent tendencies so how is this a horror film that has some of the most fucking awful gore i've ever seen from the 80s and the reveal is that this was supposed to be wes craven's I can do uh, a teen comedy romance that doesn't have any horror involved in it. And the production studio, what was it? Was it Miramax? or uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers said, no, 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 no. You're Wes Craven. Your name's attached to this. We have to make it horror. So in post, uh, they had to go back and basically shoot a bunch of over-the-top ridiculous gore and a brand new intro to the movie and a new ending and basically change the entire film from the ground up to turn it into a horror film when that was not at all the intention. It was basically going to be Wes Craven's short circuit. Yeah, basically. And and you can really tell, once you find that out, that movie looks it because it is Uh, very tonally inconsistent. Yeah, I think that even before you find that out, you're you're watching this going, what is this movie trying to accomplish here? Or, like, or the other question, who is this movie for? Exactly. Who is it for? Is this for a horror fan? I, it doesn't seem that way for the first third of it. You know, yeah, like, exactly. this doesn't seem built for it someone coming off of Nightmare feels, at all. It almost feels like The Goonies or... It's almost like an Adams Family kind of thing in terms of like we're dealing with kind of somewhat macabre elements, but we're still keeping it fairly family friendly. Yeah. And then the old lady from the Goonies gets a basketball thrown at her head, and her head <laughs> fucking explodes. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, if you're listening to this show, you may very well be a horror fan, and you may very well. Uh, in, in your younger years, have have looked up some compilation of best gore scenes uh, that had scenes from Dead Alive or The Thing or whatever, um, and probably had a scene with an old lady's head exploding from a basketball with no context to it at all. And granted, not that the film provides much more context. Say, the film doesn't do much better. <laughs> but but I was actually in shock, Zach. I, I texted you when that scene came up because, like I said, knew nothing about this prior to pressing play. Um, and I texted you saying, oh my God, this is the basketball head blow-up movie. How could I not know that going into it? Um, now... One thing I wanted to talk about here is, you know, normally I'm the one who's doing the nostalgia picks. I pick the the older film. And usually, uh, if you've listened to this show before, you know I'm usually very apologetic for these films. Like, I let mm-hmm. them get away with a lot of shit. And You're I'm a really cuck. Like, You're a cuck. 
basically, I'm a cuck for nostalgia. Uh, that being said, I hate the ending of this movie. <laughs> Do you? The ending of this movie is such dog balls because at the very last second, suddenly Sam, the girl who's been brought back from the dead, is an abomination to both God and man has this robot brain that's had her kill her father, kill the mean lady across the street, etc., etc. Now, suddenly, she's, like, fighting it. And she's like, oh, wait, no, I, I, I remember who I am now. Oh, wonderful. And the movie goes, eh, we're out of time, sorry. And then she gets gunned down by cops. Okay. Sad, sad, sad. What was the point of any of this? <laughs> then, we go to the morgue. Okay. And they're putting her in the th- on the slab. Oh, that's going to be a crazy autopsy because she was dead, and then she got brought back to life by magic. Okay, cool. Then the kid pops in. <gasps> Is he going to try to bring her back again? Are we literally doing the ending from Reanimator? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's going to what a twist! Ladies, get you a man like Paul who's going to sneak into a hospital not once but twice to try and reanimate your body. Bring your ass back to life twice. So he comes in to do. Oh, hey, I'm going to save you, Sam. And then Sam springs back to life and chokes Paul, and then the shittiest, angry mask version of BB's face comes through a very rubbery mask of Sam, and it's awful, and it's terrible, and it's not even a great twist. You just go, oh, okay. <laughs> and and that's it. End credits. I, the fact, I mean, I under... Okay, listen. I, I, I mean, for me to get on a tangent about that makes no logical sense at all, how could that possibly happen? Because the rest is believable to an extent. It's believable in the way that putting the word quantum in front of any kind of pseudoscience makes it believable. Uh, because true. you say, oh, I get it. It's a microchip. Uh, the brain runs on some kind of electrical current. The microchip interfaces with her brain for some reason. Now she's robot brain and is well, acting like a robot. The the sort of the tiny leap is like, oh well it's like generating the energy to kind of jumpstart her body again mm-hmm. and act as like so, sort of her central nervous system as it were. Okay. So she could like move around and blink and okay, yeah, I, I could kinda see that. And now she's got crazy super strength. Ah, uh, I don't think I don't think that goes together. <laughs> But nevertheless, no, yes, it does. The the full werewolf transformation of she's actually a robot now. Also, the other thing, the thing about it is like, honestly, though, that could have been the direction they went from the very beginning. Is like he's a robotics expert, so they could have had her fall down the stairs. Oh, it broke uh, this and that on her limbs. She's not going to walk again, and so he essentially has to build like a robotic bodysuit for like her so she RoboCop. becomes yeah so she becomes yeah girlfriend robocop and she shoots a guy's dick off right. and uh but but that would have been honestly that would have been a way better direction to take it because it would have implemented the whole robotics thing from the very beginning and not just have her be a zombie essentially Basically. um uh and it would have i don't know been aesthetically cooler you you would have had like kind of an iconic villain maybe if you designed it well that she had had that sort of yellow bb you know front plates or whatever with True. hot lady underneath it i don't know it would have looked okay maybe but yeah, it yeah. Been an awful fucking twist 
Yeah, really, really bad. And and as TN pointed out, when you do research on it, when you find out what like direction that Wes Craven was originally going in, that sounds like a very interesting film. Like a very unorthodox love story about a guy and a girl, and the girl dies, and he brings her back, but she's not quite the same, and how do you live a life like that? And then he said the monsters would be the adults in the situation, meaning there are real people in this world who are rotten to the core, and they get away with it. There's no justice. And so that was sort of the direction he wanted to go in. Is like, oh, well, the monster is like her dad because he's abusive and nobody says shit. Or the across-the-street neighbor who is an old bitch for no reason and no one says shit. Like, that was sort of the direction he was going in. Not, hey, let's just line up people. By the way, better twist ending would have been if Paul pulls her out of the slab. She's already awake. She's got a basketball in there with her. She throws the basketball, blows up his head, too. That would have been a much better twist to get to the same point than whatever the hell we ended up with. I would have loved that. Um, or, or maybe uh, even if they took if they didn't have the basketball prop, they, they couldn't pull off another head explosion. Perhaps uh, uh, when she comes out and she goes to reach and grab him with a robot arm, she just grabs his dick like the bully yeah, and just lifts him up. The, the rule of threes. That would be three Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. By the way, that BB song in the credits that's my ringtone now i was just about to say i was like maybe even more insulting than that shitty twist ending that doesn't make sense is that bb theme song that is- <laughs> i loved it it's just people whispering bb over like oh yeah, yeah like, <laughs> like, what what a way to twist the tone from oh here's the ending what the fuck and then shittiest theme song. All right, I'm done. I'm turning this thing off. I'm not watching this. <laughs> really great. Um, and, and can we just comment before we, we wrap up here on Deadly Friend? Um, the, the, the performance from Sam once she becomes robot is like plan nine bad. I don't know it's what like Wes Craven was thinking when he's directing these. I get he's like, you're a robot now, but it looks so ridiculous. It's so awful the way it, her, she's doing weird things with her fingers the whole time. She's like, yeah. I have robot hands now. Yeah, this is what saying. robot hands look like. By be a robot, he means have some awkward contour makeup and do Spock hands on both hands. Essentially. That's what a robot is. Yeah. That's a, well, well, I mean, that's the ideal robot. Right. I mean, it really is like, it's like weird science, but uh, not sexy, you know, not really sexy. I almost feel like you might be onto something there. Like maybe Wes was trying to make kind of like weird science and then WB realized he was Wes Craven and then they were like, this should be like Freddy. And he was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Deadly Friend? I still enjoy it. I enjoy it a great deal. I hate that ending. But then again, I hate the ending of Hellraiser and I still love that movie. So yeah. that doesn't necessarily ruin anything for anybody. Hmm. But yeah, I guess that's true. I do enjoy it. I enjoy just the fucking ridiculousness of it. Um, I think everybody does a pretty good job. I love Richard Marcus as the abusive dad. I love when he gets killed and he's like, just the faces he makes, like how he contorts his face yes. is like a work of art. Like I want that hung in a museum. I like when he pops into Paul's bed to suck his dick. Again, which is such a f- uh, Nightmare on Elm Street thing, like of the <laughs> slipping. I was like, you, you literally just stole that from Freddy Krueger. Like that's not even. That's That'd not be even, what? Like, what? Close. That, honestly, like, no, it's Freddy. Make him Freddy. What if uh, the real ending of the movie is he pulls open 
uh, you know, like pulls out the cart at the uh, the, the mortuary, and it's just Freddy Krueger la- laying on the slab. That would have been perfect. That would have been. Much, what if, and what then if he the grabs it, his dick. What if at the end of it, the BB mask comes up out of the sand, and then Freddy's glove pops out? And pulls it down to hell. <laughs> and then it's a BB versus Freddy Krueger movie 15 years later. 15 years down the road. Yeah. Oh my god. We're um, on to something here. My Actually, my final, final note on uh, Deadly Friend is, uh, believe it or not, I found it somewhat similar to uh, Blood Diner in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, ridiculous breakneck, breakneck speed because Warner Brothers wanted to jam all this other shit in, and then they were like, oh, the movie's too long. So they cut a bunch of shit out. That was all the Wes Craven stuff. So, like, you know, Paul's only known Sam for, like, a week, but he's like, no, I'm willing to, like, hide dead bodies for this girl that I just met. Mm. Where in reality, it was like they had this long-going relationship and ba 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 ba. So it's just this unbelievable breakneck speed. The movie gets more and more absurd as it continues. And the main character is actually somewhat the villain. Because Paul is willing to drug his mother, steal a car, play in God's domain, hide dead bodies, be a, a break and enter, be an accomplice to murder. Like, he is a bad person. But the movie's just like, he's a kid. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What, what are you going to do with a kid who's automatically willing to, to hide a dead body for... Right, so what were your final thoughts on this film? Deadly friend. More like deadly... Uh, bend. <clears throat> oh. oh, also, uh, when Warner Brothers threw in the extra gore shit, this movie had to be submitted 13 times to the MPAA. Oh, yeah, they got an X uh, originally, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. 13 goddamn times. Mm-hmm. Worth it, right? Final product, worth it, worth all that trouble. They just kept they just kept sending them the final scene, and the MPAA said, don't you fucking dare put that in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so they sent them the Freddy Krueger version, and that's right. What we and they were like, "Oh, crossover, nice, nice. That's what we want. Put Batman in it. Yeah, we'll Warner Brothers. The next film in the series is called Deadly Friend Two. Wes Craven won't return our calls. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. Yes. Okay, Zach. Um, I'm glad that we have a, a moment to break it. You know, as our listeners out there know, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a lot of connections with big Hollywood people, and occasionally they will send us a script to uh, punch up. You know, that's like an industry term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, obviously, you know, this week they sent you and, and I both um, a copy of the new Joker uh, script, the, the, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, which, you know, he, he uh, uh, is only allowing people to call him Joaquin Phoenix now. I'm not sure if you had heard that. But uh, so we've got a scene here um, that uh, that you and I will read here. Let me just hand you this script here. There you go. Um, If you could writing is terrible. Yeah, sorry. Um, If you could uh, read as uh, Commissioner Gordon, um, I'll read as uh, Joaquin himself. Um, And uh, you know, feel free uh, if you want to stop us at any point. You know, we're, we're punching this up here, so it might be a little rough. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, that this ends up being a good product, something that the fans will like. Okay, Excellent. so uh, all right, here we go. So, ooh, get uh, loose. Okay, okay, <sighs> okay. So uh, lights up here. Uh, fade in interior. Uh, Gotham City Police Department. Okay. Um, uh, why so serious, Commissioner? Joaquin, I see you back in my office. That's very in poor taste to do an impression of a dead actor. 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm laughing so much because I'm the Joker. I laugh a lot. That's my thing. That's kind of my gimmick. Uh, all right, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you back all the city's rubies if you bring me Batman. He's in this movie, right? What now? Why are you called the Joker? Because. <laughs> Because clearly, <laughs> why are you called the Joker? Because clearly, with your opening line, you should be called Edgelord. Ah, uh, listen, hold on there. Uh, they gotta get my face on all the shirts at Hot Topic, so that's what's gonna happen here. So, <laughs> Commissioner, uh, all right, hold on. Hey, we get, is, we, we is, hold on. Is, we, we gotta stop this here. Was by Reese Witherspoon here, or was that just when she was your wife and walked the line? Uh, she, she is. Um, she's Harley Quinn, but you know this is all a prequel, so she's Doctor Quinn Harley. And uh, and she's only in the movie for ten minutes, um, but but we've got now. Uh, okay, so first off, uh, just to, to punch it up a little bit, I think that the characters are laughing way too much in this scene. Um, so <laughs> That's a fair assessment. I, don't I really, I th- really think it slows everything down. We want to kind of have it be a real repartee between the commissioner and uh, and Joaquin. So we should probably cut out all the laughter, to be honest. Um, but 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 just to jump back into, yeah, it, I just want to get to the guy from the Hangover, the one who's making it. Doesn't that make sense? Jack Zalfanakis. <laughs> you nailed it. That's his. That's a, it's not Jack Napier this time. <laughs> that's Joker's real name, right? I mean, Jack that's the origin. <laughs> Jack Zalfanakis. Also, side note about my previous joke. Uh, okay, Reese sure. Witherspoon as. Uh, as June Cash. Yes. Terrible casting because June Cash is ugly as sin. So oh, okay. That's well, not cool. that's why Johnny Cash was able to write so many uh, depressing songs. Well, they literally they did a duet called Jackson where they talk about like, hey, I'm going to go to another town to get fucked because you are gross. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay. All right. Uh, well, let's just finish the scene up. We really got to get this punch up back to, uh, back to Warner brothers here. Um, so, so as you know, it's, uh, I mean, you can see in the script where it's, where it's going. So let's just kind of skip ahead a little bit. Um, and, uh, let's just pick up here. Um, so I think it's, uh, okay. It's my line. It's my line. Um, okay. Uh, commissioner, I, I've set my terms. So, uh, you're either going to have to put up or shut up. Well, you don't become a commissioner without doing your research. So I've got a file here, Mr. Thalifanakis. I know who you are. Call me joking. I know where you come from, and I've already sent it to Batman, and he's he's not happy about it. Oh my god, no. Please don't. I don't want Batman to be mad at me. He found your old... Zanga login. He's no. judging you real hard. Oh no. Oh gosh. I posted a lot of edgy stuff on there. It's very edgy. I oh gosh. I may not like your memes, but you were very you were always very edgy. Oh my gosh. Okay. Alright, Commissioner. If I if I agree to give you back the rubies, will you not send Batman my Zanga? 
sure, let me take those rubies from you. And then, according to the line notes here, Commissioner Gordon grabs Joaquin by the neck, and it turns out that he was a robot. It's actually a giant crossover with Deadly Friend. So there oh you go. my god, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm glad that spoiler we put alert. that in there. Spoiler alert. First. Spoiler alert, guys, I'm sorry. I know the, the movie's not coming out until next year, but, uh, you know, this is just a little little inside look for uh, you guys. Here. baby, Elseworlds. Yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, so, uh, great. Well, um, if you could just... Um, uh, put that in an envelope and, and uh, send that right over to Warner Brothers. Yes, um, I will label the envelope attached, literally the worst improv scene that's ever been done. And I will put that on the envelope. Okay. Um, I'm not sure why you would do that. That was all written. Uh, but, uh, all right. Season. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to the show. Excellent. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, great commercial break. Great, uh, great... <laughs> Uh, chance to kind of regroup there. So the second film in this uh, in this double header is, I believe, 2016's Friend Request. Yes, indeed. Uh, so Friend Request, as you know, mo- most of our movies kind of have some uh, carryover theme there. Friend Request is uh, another movie uh, involving technology, involving uh, friendship. Uh, it is about a young, uh, pretty protagonist type. Um, uh, her name is Laura and she's at a university. She per- befriends this sort of loner goth girl, this artist. Um, and the girl becomes obsessed with her. Uh, she's messaging her constantly on Facebook, um, and posts a lot of really creepy gifts and videos to Facebook. A lot of like black and white art of just creepy shit. You know, and yeah, essentially. Um, and the obsession gets to the point where Laura feels she has to break it off, and the girl freaks out and commits suicide on video, and that's when the spoops start, because uh, when you commit a suicide on webcam, uh, that turns you into a ghost. And so now, all of a sudden, she's getting messages from the account. Uh, she can't... Uh, the, the, the ghost has possessed her Facebook account and is posting all these horrible things and she can't delete it. She keeps getting an unknown error because Mark Zuckerberg is a fucking piece of shit. Um, and, uh, and which actually and, speaking of which, did you know, did you know, uh, that Mark Zuckerberg apparently tried to get this film banned from theaters? No, no, I yeah, didn't because it was, it's, you know, the, the villain is basically Facebook. And so he tried. And, and my, my response to that is Mark, my good buddy, I know you have all my information. You just had to watch 10 minutes of that movie and go, oh, this is no threat at all to Facebook or anything for that matter. Yes. Because this movie sucks. Mm, Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, This movie, it it sucks. Well, uh, I think it'll be a shorter... a shorter segment to talk about the things that we actually liked about the movie. There were a couple things that I liked about it. I mean, first off, because there was no, presumably no production interference, unlike Deadly Friend, uh, presumably because there was no production studio making it. Um, <laughs> well, well, actually, there is a slight... So, so with Deadly Friend, you know, what we talked about with Warner Brothers, you can kind of sort of use that as an excuse for some of the shortcomings of that film. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, for friend requests, there is a slight excuse you could kind of use for a little bit of it. Um, it's a German production that was filmed in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, I did read that. English. 
It is, yeah. But it is German. It is a German production company. So you could sort of use that as an excuse for like, it's kind of a German impression of what like American kids are like. So that would explain like a little bit as to why the characters are like kind of shitty and why the dialogue is very clunky. That can kind of explain away some of it, but it doesn't explain the fact that the movie starts with a very interesting premise. It's going, it looks you right in the face and goes, hey, we're going to talk about internet addiction because young people are on their phones all the goddamn time and it really makes old people mad and it's all about internet addiction. And you go, okay, all right, I'll put my phone down. Tell, walk me through this. What does this mean exactly? What? Why is this such a pitfall? Why is this such a problem? And the movie has zero answer for that. No. It uses that as an in, and then once the movie's starting, it's like, I don't know, man, uh, internet ghosts. Like, it does not actually follow through with that somewhat interesting premise. And not only that, but uh, its main character, who they reference several times as, oh, she could be the case study for internet addiction, really doesn't seem to be using the internet that much like Nobody more than does. average yeah no. nobody does no one's like up mm. their ass with their phone like people are in real life like everyone's mm-hmm. just sort of like oh i guess i checked facebook whatever and also the movie uh, one of the the gimmicks of the movie is so the goth girl who kills herself uh you know is showing basically these these snuff film clips of the main girl's friends being killed on the facebook page and the the laura's Facebook friends are like, this is gross, I'm not going to friend you anymore, and they unfriend her. So throughout the movie, we get this, like, counter that's sort of ticking down the amount of friends, because she starts with 800, mm-hmm. and the whole purpose is like, oh, now you're going to know what it's like to be lonely. That that doesn't mean anything. Like, this two years later from this film, yeah, you know what, I could do the same thing, I just have to go on my Facebook page and go, hey, MAGA, 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 Trump is right. And then it's like, guess what? Now I'm losing friends. It doesn't mean anything. And ho- anything uh, now you're going to be lonely. Plus birthdays I have to care about. No, for sure. I think that, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't want to say that the people making this movie were so uh, completely oblivious to what they think kids actually care about. I, I wonder if they thought when they were making it, like, yeah, when we show the friend counter ticking down, then all the, all the girls in the audience would scream because they would imagine their own friend counter ticking down and they will say, oh, no, I can't. I don't want to lose my Facebook friends. Yeah. A, that was very tasteful. B, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but so let me give an example real quick of, of what I'm talking about with the, the dialogue here. Sure. Uh, when Laura... Oh, first of all, my first problem is that the movie takes place in college, but it's going by, like, high school roles. So the idea that, like, oh, this goth girl has no friends is already absurd in a college setting. Not to say, excuse me, not to say that people aren't lonely in college or it's weird to figure things out. Everyone's up their own ass in college. Mm. No one has time to be like, oh, we're going to bully somebody. Everyone's up their own ass. No, Everyone's for sure. spending their parents' money 
everyone's involved in their own bullshit. So. And and not only that, but everyone's fucking weird in college. And right. if there was actually a girl who was making art the quality of what Marina, the goth girl, was making and posting on her Facebook, for the most part, it's fucking cool. And it's not yeah. even that much weirder than what most of the girls I've dated put on their tumblers, right. to be honest. And actually, truth be told, um, the visuals of that that you mentioned earlier, and even the tie-ins to certain visuals in the real world, when it's like, oh, she drew this mirror thing, and it's cool and doing this, and then it's like, oh, there's a mirror in real life that looks just like that. I thought that was really interesting. I really I, yeah, it. I actually, I really liked a lot of, uh, everything involving animation in this movie, I thought was yes. really well done, actually. But here's my example that I want to give about the the just absurdity of the dialogue and, and the character stuff. So Laura and the goth girl are, uh, they're, they're actually talking for the first time and they've become Facebook friends and isn't that wonderful. And so Laura's asking the goth girl some questions, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, Laura goes, oh, well, I'm living off campus. I'm living in an apartment with some friends and, uh, we don't get anything done. And the goth girl's response is, oh, too many friends. And Laura's response is like, yeah, basically, no, 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 no. Here's how that would really go. Yeah, I live off campus with my friends. We don't get anything done. Oh, too many friends? Yeah, that's super not what we're talking about, you goddamn space alien. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> she really does. And the delivery of that line, too, is like is like she's E.T. or something. It really is. It's like, well, and that's the too other many friend? The, the problem is the movie wants to do Drag Me to Hell. It wants to do... Oh, Laura's supposed to be this good person, but she did one shitty thing, and now she has to pay the price. But instead, it's, I don't know, Laura's kind of bland, maybe a little stuck up, I guess, but this goth bitch is the worst. Like, there's never a point where, like, oh, look, she is a good friend. She's just sort of, like, overzealous, and then, like, ooh, it's getting weird. Oh, it's gone too far. No, it's, like, from day one, like, hmm, what a pain in the ass this person is. Like, yes. they show her in the worst light. So you don't feel bad for her when it's like, oh, I'm lonely, and now I'm angry, and ba 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 ba. You don't feel anything. You're just like, I don't know, man. Like, where are the Ghostbusters at? I'm tired of this. Zach, the worst light. Um, uh, is it really creepy to keep your hood up all the time? Do you have something to say to me? Well, uh, quit yanking your hair out. Mm. Um, and there won't be a problem. And is it really creepy to uh, send uh, repeated messages on Facebook when you don't get any response back? Because you know that's how I schedule every single recording session with you. This is true. Uh, no, here, let me... We talk about in Deadly Friend, like, uh, suspending disbelief and, like, what's the most absurd aspect. Uh, one of the things you have to suspend in this reality is uh, this world exists in one where Facebook has no terms or, con or conditions or code of conduct of any kind. Uh, you, you know, uh, Luna or myself can barely post a photo of, like, a pro wrestler without getting flagged and torn down. But according to this movie, people can post literal snuff films and there's no issue. That's true. And granted, like, uh, a lot of this, I mean, they, they sort of try to explain that. I mean, so they've got her hacker friend, Kobe Steakhouse, and she goes to see him, and he's like, well, let's, let's take a... I'm in. <laughs> he, he is so... like He is like a, just a little tasty treat in this film. He's lovely, yeah. He is so yeah. cartoonishly ridiculous. I love it. He's Mr. Robot. Um, he so literally he, has like... 
like code barcodes on his forearms. Like that's how much he is the hack source. <laughs> uh, he is the lead hack source. He pulls up the code for for Facebook, um, and it's just kind of like green and the matrix and happening, uh, like changing to you know witchy symbols and stuff. And he goes. For the sake of the audience and for Laura goes, let me show you what normal code looks like because we're used to seeing the matrix. So I guarantee that there were audience members that are like, yeah, that's code. That's yeah, what that's a code looks like in movie. And so he pulls up what is normal looking code for a website. Which is um, boring and then, as shit. Yes. And then flips back to green witchy flipping around matrix shit and is like, what in the world? What can I, is this even code? What? You have no idea how crazy that is, do you? Okay. Look at that. Oh, that, that is what code normally looks like. Not this. I can't even copy this. This isn't, this isn't code. Well, what is it? I don't know. Now, oh, man. <laughs> I wanna, now, I want to say something about uh, Kobe Steakhouse. Um, yes. But I also want to talk about the witchy stuff. So let me get my, my point in with Kobe. Um, he's actually my other favorite part of the movie. My first one is the visual stuff in terms of the animation and the tie-ins. Like, mm-hmm. Very good. My other favorite moment is, so towards the end of the film, Laura is trying to track down um, Matilda, or whatever the hell her name is, her laptop. Because if they can destroy the laptop, then that destroys the ghost, and that's how the rules work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes with with uh, Kobe Beef, and they're like going through the woods, and she's like, "I'm really scared." Like Laura's going, "I'm really scared," and Kobe goes, "Why are you scared?" She wants you to be lonely. You have to survive to the end. I'm the one who's fucked here. And I was like, "That's very true." And so they're walking around this creepy little building, and then she finds him, like, "Oh," and you think it's gonna be like a jump scare or something. And she turns around and he goes, hey, you can't be lonely if you're dead. And then he stabs the main girl. And I thought that was actually a pleasant surprise. Not because I necessarily hated her. But if that had been the twist, that like there was no internet ghost, and he's just like, no, I'm an incel and I'm really pissed off. And now I'm going to stab this girl that I like. That I would have been like, oh, shit, I was not expecting this to turn around like that. Yeah, I, I wish that had actually been the case. A reveal like that would have been great. Um, but but no, it is that he's you know being possessed by the ghost of Marina. Um, yeah, maybe sort of. I don't know. He just maybe. got weird. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe. I don't know. But the other thing I want to talk about is the witchiness. So, yeah, can I say like I I did actually kind of like uh, before they shove it all down your throat because initially when they start to they show like an old. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Salem witch uh, trial era drawing of a woman hanging herself in front of a black mirror. And before the movie shoves it down your throat, you piece together as an audience member, oh, they're using black mirrors, which I know to be like a classic satanic witchy uh, object. And they're transporting that into the modern age by saying, you know, your laptop is literally a black mirror. When it shuts off, it looks exactly the same. And right. so, and I liked that before they really like just took their time with it. And we're like, oh my God, black mirrors, laptop. Ooh. <laughs> well, here's the other thing with that as well is, you know, there's a show called black mirror and it's is like there? the new age twilight zone. Mm. And it's a hell of a lot better than this movie. So, 
when the movie first started, I was like, oh, this is like a bad episode of Black Mirror. And then they start, like, name-dropping Black Mirror a hundred times. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't name something better than what you are, because that's just going to draw attention. Don't yeah. do it. So I thought that was very funny as well, as opposed to, the, you know, when them just shoving that down your throat. I was like, yeah, no, I should be watching Black Mirror instead. You're right, movie. Yes. But the, the thing that I was like, are you goddamn kidding me, is so, you know, Maleficent, or whatever the hell her name is, kills herself in front of her laptop... And that's the new new age Black Mirror, and now she's like an internet ghost, and da 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 da. And you go, okay, how in the hell did she know how to do this? Where is all this witch writing coming from? What the hell is the story here? Then we go to this like we slam cut to this orphanage, and there's some lady who's like, yeah, no, she definitely grew up here, and um, she loved to just stare at the computer, even when it wasn't on. She would just stare in the darkness. And then, and the the line that's supposed to explain everything is, well, she got to some pretty dark places on the web as a kid, things that children shouldn't see. I was like, yeah, no, we've all been to 4chan. That means nothing to me. Like, I'm not impressed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, actually, TN, I'd like to I'd like to do a little bit of a, a test here. Okay. Yes, I've I At saw the, Rotten when I was 13. Thank you. At the same time, we're gonna name what movie this is equal to in regards to not understanding its technology. Okay? And not understanding time, its say, technology. What, what? Not understanding its technology. Okay. Not having a grasp of the of what the subject matter is in terms of technology. It's a 90s uh, movie. Okay. And, uh, and, and we're going to say it at the same time. You ready? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Flubber. What did you say? Flubber. Good answer. Good answer. But no, Lawnmower Man. Because oh. if you watch Lawnmower Man, you go, yeah, that's definitely not how virtual reality works at all, by the way. Mm, yeah. Same exact thing here. Like, oh, well, you know, you can just boogeyman the internet and then it locks people from being able to, you know, knock off their Facebook account or unfriend people. Or, you know, you can show snuff footage and people will just be offended and leave and it won't ever get taken down by Facebook proper. Or, you know, just all, all this bullshit is like, you know, that's not really how that works, by the way. That's not how the internet works. That's not how people's addiction to social media works, which I believe is a very real thing. But it was like, they just like Googled that term and they were like, there we go. There's our, there's our jumping off point. And it's like, no, you really don't have a great grasp of what the fuck you're talking about. I mean, the movie doesn't really have a great grasp on anything that it's playing with at all. I mean, they start the movie out by saying this girl killed herself. And so it's like, you're already saying suicide, cyberbullying. Like, these are the themes they're playing with. Then they bring up internet addiction. I mean, and so, granted, it's a supernatural movie, but it, it doesn't have any grasp over anything serious that it's trying to bring up. So, and the, then the perfect example of that is that a lot of the cops in this movie, they have just the most quirky beboop boop sort of one-liners to add on to these horrible situations like when her roommate uh gets possessed and like rips all of the ivs out of herself and stands up and takes the gun from the hospital uh guard there and blows her brains out and then the other guard the other police officer walks in sees him on the ground with a girl dead and goes really no, this, the, the, 
ineptitude of these cops reminded me of goddamn the country bumpkin cops from Last House on the Left. Like, they were just absurd, absurdly bad at their jobs. Like, when they first talked to Laura after um, Miss Piggy, or whatever the fuck her name is, kills herself, they're like, yeah, no, she killed herself. Do you know where her body is? Like, what the <laughs> What in the hell is wrong with you? Like, yeah, hey, you know where she did it? it? Yeah, like what? Like, oh, that's the oldest trick in the book. You almost had me there. I mm. almost admitted to it, but uh, gotta wake up a little <laughs> earlier than that to get me on a cold day. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So, uh, spoiler alert. Well, here's the ending of the movie. Okay. Um. So, in the end, she she does ultimately find with some help from uh, the spirits of these boys that bullied this girl uh, at the orphanage. Um, She finds uh, Marina's body, and she finds the laptop there. She goes to smash it, but she gets sucked into the upside down, and then we get one last little spoopy, boopy jump scare, and then it cuts to some amount of time later, and... Laura is sitting in the cafeteria of the university and she's got her hood up and she's got this mangly hair hanging in her face and she's got Marina's laptop and she looks like Marina did at the beginning of the movie. And Which it, I would say pretty shitty twist ending on that as well. Not no. quite yeah. there's a robot in my face, but it's pretty shitty. Because I was imagining, so what if the movie started over and some new girl, so Laura kills herself, her ghost is uh, hunting and attempting to get revenge on some new girl, and the new girl goes to find out her past, but there's no orphanage story. It's like, yeah, she grew up in like suburbia and it was just all kind of fine. (laughs) And 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 then she's just fucked. She has no way of figuring it out. Yeah, the second generation of the story does not pack the same punch. No, it doesn't. Um, Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, though, I really did kind of like uh, the idea of uh, the laptop or, uh, you know, having the same sort of power in the modern age as as a Black Mirror did. Although I got to say, I did have... Uh, this is a true story. I had a friend in college who uh, was kind of a Levian Satanist, and uh, he told me that a, an actual black mirror, uh, the only thing that's good at is for looking at your own taint. Well, that that was the actual tagline of this movie, so there you go. <laughs> Actually, the tagline was evil and straining. It's fucking cringy. Um, it's true. It's pretty cool. It was really horrible. Um, um, have you seen the Black Mirror episode, White Bear? No, I have not. Oh, no? It's from no. season two, I think. Um whatever I, I'm actually I've, I just started watching Black Mirror pretty recently you, you saw the one with like the camera eyes right yes god that one fucked me up I mean they, they all like fuck you up I mean it finishes and I just like sit there on the couch like wow maybe we should just be a Black Mirror podcast well that's the thing is like it really it, it is the Twilight Zone now because back in the like we all watch the Twilight Zone on goddamn sci-fi channel when it's like New Year's Eve and it's the marathon or whatever for sure yeah but like in its day, it was doing the same thing. Like, it was, like, people would watch, and then Rod Serling would be like, and that's the fucking tale. I like that. And people would just be like, what in the hell? What the... No! Like, you know, it, it was doing the same yeah. thing. So, it's... I, I'm all on, I'm all in favor of it. Because it's like, good, there should definitely be 
something like that to make people go, oh, Jesus, and kind of like, you know, throw you off a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, friend request. Any final thoughts about friend request? Um, it had a couple of decent ideas. The the kind of, we're going to make a statement about internet addiction, the uh, art aesthetic, the... Um, Oh, the, the, the idea of using the laptop as a black mirror. Those were all, like, decent concepts. It just didn't have a great execution. Also, we've all been dicks before and have gone like, ooh, I'm ducking somebody online. So, therefore, when you're hanging out with people who's not the person you're ducking, you definitely do an embargo on photos. You go, hey, we're not fucking posting about this. She tells the goth girl, hey, we're not hanging out. Oh, I'm hanging out with other friends. Yeah, go ahead and post anyway. She, it's not like she's on the internet all the time. Yeah. Just kidding, fucko. Like, what What were you... How do you not know how to do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, especially... It, it, it's it's attempting to be really, like, r slash fellow kids, and yet, you know, in terms of the ineptitude with technology and not understanding um, that y- you, you can, in fact... Everyone who watched this movie in 2016 and up until now would, would be able to tell you not only... Can you uh, just not play, play? Not post it. That's what that that would be like an older generation's idea of you know just don't post the pictures from your birthday dinner. But you could straight up go in on your Facebook settings and say show to everyone except this person. Um, I mean, they invented that setting back in 1998 when Undertaker threw mankind off Hell in a Cell and plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table. God damn you! I was just gonna say. If this movie should have been called Ghost Protocol because that's how you fucking deal with people. Now let's. <laughs> Deal with your bullshit. Let's take a break. From his mother's basement, weighing in at 195 pounds, he wishes, and knowing absolutely nothing about the world of professional wrestling, he is the Clueless Wrestler! Recently, uh, Tien actually made his professional wrestling debut at uh, the Punk Pro Wrestling A Grave Affair show. He actually uh, did a fantastic job at being MC and uh, and seamless plug, seamless. Thank you, I appreciate that. And so, uh, since then, I've made it my mission to start inundating him, uh, much like a goth ghost on the internet, bombarding him with professional wrestling to try to get him interested in my. Uh, you know, incel hobby. And so, without context to him, without explanation, I sent him a random wrestling match because he literally has no context. He has seen some independent wrestling shows that we've been a part of, but that's it. He was not a kid in the 90s who loved wrestling like everybody else. He has very, very limited contextual knowledge of professional wrestling. I was more of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kid. Right. So, hmm. uh, the match that I sent... Now, TN, do you want me to kind of explain the context now that you've seen it? Or can I just name what it is and then you give your thoughts? Well, I've got I've got questions for sure. Okay. So, I mean, you know, without without giving the full context, I mean, if you want to set it up, t- tell them what it is, and then I'll, I'll start laying some questions on you. So, for the people who would know, the match that I sent him was the Hell in a Cell match between The Undertaker and Mankind from King of the Ring 1998 from obviously World Wrestling Federation, WWE, as they are now. Um, 
so that's it. That's all I. That's that's what I'll tell you now. And then obviously, if you know, you know, and and we'll obviously get into it here. So, so uh, Tn, what did you think? Okay, well, here's my first question. Um, you know that increasing orgasm meme where uh, the left panel is like something getting better and then the right panel is like, you know, Patrick Starr or something having like an increasingly bigger orgasm? Right, that's very... I don't like how you described it, but yes, I'm familiar. Um, you know the one with Vince McMahon? Yes. What's that from? Oh, that was from... Uh, there was like a strip show that was happening in front of him in the ring oh and it was okay. literally like that one's not like oh ha ha it's patrick doing something else but it kind of without kind no it was literally like look at this old man get a boner that's the that was the whole okay. premise well all right well well that's good well that answers my first question okay um can't help but notice that didn't have anything to do with the match i sent you no no it did okay um okay second question what are wrestling rings made out of? Because obviously they're designed to be like loud, mm-hmm. but also you know kind of you know, like safe in a way. Um, so what what are they made out of? Okay, so a wrestling ring is um, the square the the outer border of it, the the square structure of it is metal. It's um it's like a steel or something like that, um, and then it has like a gap in between where you slide in these long um, lengths of wood, these long planks that cut across from one side, and you basically fill the ring. That's your that's your main canvas area. So you fill, it's literally like, let's say 50 slats of wood is what is what it is, and they're about uh, about an inch and a half thick is, is, is the... Hmm, the uh, like me. Yeah, right, exactly. So, um... So yeah, good size, okay. but inch and, and, half, I... and you know they uh-huh. have to fill in the gap there. Then there's like about a half an inch worth of padding, just so that like you don't like get cut on the basically to smooth it out. And then there's like a thin canvas over that, and that's a mm. that's about the extent of it. Okay. And my final question: Where do babies come from? I was really afraid you were going to ask like, "Is wrestling real?" And I was going to be like, "Just end it now. Just cut the whole. <laughs> just end it now." <laughs> Okay, here, so here's so so here's my actual uh, first impression here. Um, so based on the meme that we haven't quite revealed yet, uh, well, I guess we did because that's how we 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 ended our our little section about uh, friend requests. This is in fact the you slash shitty morph meme that got him like a full thank you package from the WWE, by the way. Um, and, uh, uh, where undertaker threw mankind off the top of hell in a cell and he plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table. And here's the thing that I have always assumed about that prior to watching this match. I figured that's the end of the match. That's how it ends. Not, that's how it starts. Correct. So that was my first, uh, just kind of almost jaw drop sort of impression, where I, I was thinking, "Wow, uh, I is it, was this all a big gimmick just to throw him off, and now he's going to be wheeled off, and that's the end of it?" But it was in twenty minute long video. So it truly was actually sincerely a sucked into the moment shocker to have that be the start of the match. Agree. I agree with that completely. Um, and I will tell you to, to give away a little bit of context here that 
that was not the intention. Like, really? Because like you said, if you're building a story, it does not make sense to do the finale first and be like, eh, we'll figure out what to do after that. So from a storytelling standpoint, that made no sense at all. But they were up there, adrenaline pumping, and they threw an audible. And by audible, I mean a grown man 16 feet off the hell in a cell. <laughs> so... Have they talked about that afterwards? Yeah, Mike Foley has, uh, Mankind has, he does stand-up tours, and he's a very, very funny uh, performer to see live. And um, his number one thing, I'm not trying to steal his gimmick, but his number one thing, the one question that everyone on the fucking planet Earth asks him is, did it hurt? That's what they always ask him. Did it hurt when he fell off the cage? And his answer is, yeah, fucking course it did. What do you think? Like, why do we... What would give you the indication that it didn't? So, uh, you know, I feel like this is the question that I'm going to ask you every every single time that we, we do this segment and I watch a wrestling mm-hmm. match is how do these guys, like, agree non-verbally live in front of each other because the whole the thing is not uh, unlike a, a fight scene in a movie or in a live production which is choreographed beat by beat by beat they know exactly which arm is going where and where a foot is going to land that's not how wrestling works to my understanding um and, and so how do these guys non-verbally communicate with each other and say I'm about to pick you up and throw you through this metal grating into the ring. Well, in that case, that's just spur of the moment. Now, if it's a situation like, hey, I'm going to throw, I'm trying, oh God, I'm going to get excommunicated from wrestling. Um, If it's something like, hey, I'm going to throw you. Is this like a magician's secret kind of thing? We're getting close, yes. Um, If it's like, hey, I'm going to throw you into this corner and you need to come back and do this, I would say it to you, I would whisper it to you before I threw you. In a case like that, it was, we're just sort of improving. Undertaker has the lead right now, you know, blah, blah, blah. They had no idea that the cage was going to give way. Really? Because when the cage was built, there was no... The the engineers who put that together were not like, and then two 300-pound men are going to fuck around on top of this thing. They were just like, hey, it's like a little box that just fits on the whole ring. Look at that. So... <laughs> You can see there's certain moments in the beginning when they're both walking that, like, a foot will go through the fucking... And they're like, oh, shit! And they gotta, like, pull their boot out. Because they have no clue. They're just flying by the seat of their pants. So when so, he choke so, slams Mick, he's thinking that the cage will bow. Mm. And it'll look dramatic. When he choke slams him and he eats shit and goes through it... And by the way, the steel chair that happened to be up there from shenanigans earlier also makes the journey with him and baps him in the face on the way down. (laughs) And that's where the tooth goes through his nose. Oh, God. That That happened? That is not planned. That is just, oops, and then, oh, my God. So there's a moment when Jim Ross is going apeshit on commentary and the camera in the ring cuts up to look at The Undertaker. And you look at his face. He is a good actor. He is not a great actor. So that look on his face of, oh my God, did I kill somebody? And what are the legal ramifications if I did? That is very real. Yeah. Um, 
It really, I mean, not knowing much about The Undertaker, and answer me this, um, 1998, at what stage is this in The Undertaker's career? So he's no longer um, building coffins for his opponents that have their color scheme or design on them. Um, he is now, so 1998 is the hottest year for wrestling. Uh, in the WWE, uh, WWF at the time, WWE now. It is the hottest they ever get. So, they're just going full force. They're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. So, at this point, The Undertaker is a sat- is a satanic warlord who who uh, runs his own cult and is the Lord of Darkness. And um, now, I want to give you a slight amount of context here. So, mankind gets thrown off the cage... The, the whole world comes unglued. That you can even see when they're like trying to get the stretcher over to him and they have to lift the cage up with the goddamn Undertaker still on it. And he's like, what the hell? Like, they don't know what to do. <laughs> they put him on the stretcher, whatever. They wheel him back up. Mick kind of gets his bearings back and goes, we can't end the match like that. It's been like fucking six minutes. We can't end it like that. So that's why he gets up. Shoulder dislocated, climbs back up, blah, 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 the match continues. That point of him falling through the table and the whole nine yards becomes the point where the line is crossed. That basically, after that match is done, Vince McMahon comes up to mankind, goes, oh my God, I cannot believe what you did. You sacrificed so much for this company. I can't thank you enough. You are never to do anything like that ever again. That was the basic top of the mountain in terms of ultra-violence, in terms of really risking life. There was, like, other bloodier fights and things like that, but in terms of genuine, someone's life is at risk, that was the high point, and that was when we went too far, and they had to kind of, like, walk that back for the next, you know, 20 years. Wow. Uh, that, that I did not know. I mean, it truly is, I mean, not knowing anything about The Undertaker... Uh, it truly is almost incredible to kind of watch him and just that. I mean, it's it's it, the character is, okay, this guy is, you know, Satan himself, like you said, or, or is like, you know, Satan's right-hand man. Basically. And it feels like it during the match because he solemnly watches as he throws a man not once but twice more than 10 or 15 feet onto the ground and and then uh you know it just keeps upping the ante from there of like well how about some tax i really like the line where uh somebody else gets into the ring to try and stop the undertaker and the the announcer goes and he gets a choke slam for his trouble yeah, which he did. That's Terry Funk. That's Mankind's uh, best friend in real life. Oh, okay. And a fellow wrestler, and he came in to buy Mick time. Because when Mick got hit with the chair on the way down, that actually knocked him unconscious. <laughs> Christ. So, Terry Funk, being a professional, went, oh god, Mick needs time to, like, hard reboot here, so I'm going to go buy him time. So they also mentioned at one point, this is another question, that uh, The Undertaker went to Paul Bearer's home recently and attacked him? Yes, because there was a lot of convoluted storyline about Paul Bearer being The Undertaker's half-father uh, and uh, Undertaker like was going to set Paul Bearer on fire and blah, 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 and it was very ridiculous. Mm, okay. 
All right, that's kind of where the the, well, the, the question too, came from. I made like, sure not to send you any kind of vignettes or anything to explain the context. It was just like, here's literally the whole match. Figure it out. It it is it's. It's nuts. I mean, um, knowing nothing. I mean, what a, what a match to start with to start this whole segment with. Well, the um, other thing too is the other uh, piece of history that it is is not only is it you know the high point in terms of ultra violence and we got to pull it back. We can't be doing this. It also became the number one go to for any uh, wrestling nerds in school. Uh, as soon as somebody would come up to you in the schoolyard and yell at you that wrestling was fake, that was your go to was me yeah. fully falling off the cage and going through a table. And you go, is this fake? Huh? Does that look fake? He almost died. Does that look fake to you? That was like the go-to for wrestling nerds for like the longest time. Did you use that? Of course. That was your go-to. That was like the, yes, absolutely. Let me use this as ammunition of this is not fake. Wow. I mean, makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I mean, overall, I, I was impressed by it, definitely. Um, I mean, the, the, the context... I think is everything, you know, because everybody is so good at their own bullshit when it comes to these, uh, you know, pay-per-view events. Mm -hmm. Uh, The announcers are super good at, I mean, I feel like every announcer that WWE hires could have the same reaction to something that they 100% know is going to happen and they need to make it look amazing and make it look like Triple H or whatever is about to die, um, as, as this, which was fully real, which, which was no one expected. Right. Um, so, so, so I guess that's the whole walking the line of these sort of events is whether it is something that was truly choreographed. Everyone had agreed to it. Everyone knows what's about to happen. The announcers know what's about to happen versus a genuine reaction and, and genuine things happening in the ring and on commentary. And also, to your point about the, being impressed with The Undertaker, imagine if you were doing an improv scene. Not even a scene, an improv show. You're doing, like, your own production of Whose Line Is It Anyway? And your improv partner passes out within six minutes of the scene. And instead of going, well, let's just stop the show, you go, well, I guess we're just doing a bunch of skits about Weekend at Bernie's then. Like, that's basically what The Undertaker did. Yeah. No, no. It's, uh, it's, it's really crazy. Um... Wow. Okay. Well, uh, uh, quite the introduction to uh, this little segment of ours. Um, I don't know that we'll be doing this every episode um, of Frightful Failures, but um, you know we'll we'll definitely be doing more episodes of this. And I'm looking forward to what you got next for me. Any final thoughts or, or questions about this legendary match? Here? I appreciate you being open minded to it and appreciating it for what it was trying to be and what it ended up being, and. Um, and not just shitting on it, I guess. That would be my, that's my number one thing. I'm thankful for you not shitting on it. Perfect. Well, uh, let's get back to the show. Yeah. Welcome back. So uh, those are both films in the can now. Um, I think that might be our best run at having two films that actually connect in terms of both being about technology, both being about friends, both being about people not acting like rational human beings, and both having terrible twist endings. So I think that's probably our best marks in terms of having two films that actually coordinate. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. So uh, question number one. Um, yeah. Let's do the time switcheroo. Could these films exist in each other's times? 
Like, would they be successful if friend request was made in 86? Um, obviously, you'd have to change the technology, but could that work in 86? And could could Deadly Friend exist in 2016? Uh, um, I would say... I mean, obviously, friend request... I mean, the problem with friend request is that not only is, the te- is it so based on very specifically this modern technology, very specifically Facebook. I mean, I guess you could have done just phone calls, blowing up somebody's phone um, or, or emails, um, but it just doesn't have the same effects. And not only that, but it's about internet addiction, which, I mean... I'm not sure that 86, I mean, obviously you had your, your computer dorks, your computer geeks, um, but I don't know that internet addiction was a relatable thing that you could have had this pretty blonde girl and say, she's an internet addict because the internet was for nerds in the eighties. To your point, uh, they already made friend requests in the eighties. It was called revenge of the nerds. Yeah, that's true. Um, So there's that. Um, no, I, I think here's the other the other way to look at that because you're absolutely right. This friend request is fully reliant on the gimmick of it's Facebook, so you're absolutely correct on that front. However, I think it could function just fine in the '80s because if you take away the Facebook element, like basically skip the whole first act and go right to the ghost is chasing down these college kids, you are looking at your absolute bargain basement textbook horror film from the 80s. There's, like, the drunken tramp, there's the fat kid, there's the nerd, there's the jock, and they're all being chased by a masked killer or a ghost or whatever the fuck. So, unfortunately, you know, you switch it out with, you know, goddamn pen pals or whatever the fuck. You would still have basically the same movie, because the movie itself is unremarkable. It's not doing anything new, other than, like you said, the very specific, like, gimmicks involving Facebook. Otherwise, it's just doing the same shit that every other slasher movie does. So, unfortunately, yeah, I think you could have had it exist back then. It just would have been, you know, like I said, pen pals or something stupid like that. Very true. Um, Now, in terms of uh, Deadly Friend in the modern era... I'd be very interested in that because at that point, you're looking at way more plausible technology. You're looking at like, oh, I've seen videos of the Boston Dynamics robots being bullied by those fucking assholes. Um, (laughs) So I understand that like this kind of robot that has an artificial intelligence and has some level of sentience could exist. Um, and I also have seen many videos of, you know, prosthetic limbs and various things that, that, you know, like robotics that are fully functional with the human body. I believe that there is a microchip that could interact with the human brain and, you know, bring somebody back to life. So, uh, so also hmm. another interesting twist, not to be like, you know, current affairs edgelord or anything Hmm. like that, but consider this. So like you said, you're covering the technological aspect in terms of, yeah, we may have the tools and the talent. We might actually be able to do something along these lines. But then the other thing is, since it's 2018, let's say it's successful. And now you've got this, like, robot woman. Well, we're in a time where there's lots of different gender options and things like that. If she considers herself human, are we in a position as a society to tell her no? 
That's true. I, I, I mean, so basically, to answer your question, uh, could this movie exist in the modern age? Could it come out in 2016? And the answer is yes, it did. It's called Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, you're absolutely right. So, so just to recap. Uh, Friend Request already exists in the 80s. It's called Revenge of the Nerds. And Deadly Friend already exists in 2018. It's called Chappie. Yes, no, 100%. The only thing I would say, like if they were like, yeah, we're all right, Mr. Craven, we're going to... First of all, thanks for coming back since you're dead, but uh, whatever. Um, We're going to remake Deadly Friend, and we're going to make it about, like, you know, what are human rights, and da-da-da-da-da. We're going to make it, you know, a much more serious direction. I would love if Wes Craven's like, that's fine, you've got my blessing... Um, but make sure somebody gets murdered by a basketball. That's all I ask. <laughs> you can change every other element, but just make sure somebody. He gets has killed. one other request. He wants a werewolf to come in and make the middle finger. <laughs> he requests that in every film. There's actually a cut scene in every film <laughs> yes, he ever made. Absolutely. Uh, go, look it up. Look it up. Uh, it, it would actually, you know, um, the, the way you described what, what could be a modern era deadly friend, it's like that episode of Black Mirror with the, the, uh, the redhead guy. Where, oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. God, Black we become a Black us. Mirror podcast. Uh, all right. So second question, what characters would you switch? If you take one character from deadly friend, put it in, in uh, friend request and vice versa, what would you do? I would put BB in front request and not have them acknowledge that it's a robot at all. Just have it be like a student at the school and they just complete just act like he's just another friend in their group. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then like when the ghost tries to possess him, it's just like, oh, nothing changed because he's been a kill robot since day one. So this means nothing. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it'd be the exact same. She, he's already a servant of darkness for sure. Yeah, so he beat you to it. He looked in the black mirror already with his robo eyes. Um, If I were to put a friend request character in uh, Deadly Friend, um, you know, I mean, obviously I'm tempted to just put Marina in there to just throw a real fucking wrench in all of everything that's happening in in Deadly Friend. Suddenly the plot wouldn't even exist anymore. They'd be like, there's a ghost bitch here. (laughs) We need to do something about this. Um... I mean, God, can you imagine if Marina possessed the robot Sam? God, I mean, she could just take out, like, the whole city. Uh, that'd be the uh, the whole plot of the movie. It'd just well, be, like, rampage. about Deadly Friend is everybody except for Paul is fairly reasonable with the exception of accepting a robot. So, like, <laughs> I imagine if she was in the movie, she would just be, like, one of the kids. Like, it would be, like, the Breakfast Club. She would be the goth girl. And then when she's like, I'm really lonely, t-, they'd be like, hey, shut the fuck up, because we just played in God's Domain and we brought someone back from the dead, okay? Mm, so go yeah. listen to The Cure, we got some shit going on over here. Very true. Yeah, I guess it would uh, be sort of, uh, like, they wouldn't, she, she probably wouldn't kill herself because no one would be paying enough attention to her to even form that friendship to begin with. She um, would try to kill herself, but before. Before she could kick the the uh, the chair out from under her and look in the black mirror, uh, fucking Sam would bust through the wall like the Kool Aid Man and literally dunk on her and explode her head. <laughs> yes, if your head explodes when you kill yourself, the whole black mirror thing doesn't. Uh, that that's not. You got to be looking at it, you Here's know. And if you don't have eyeballs that, anymore, even if she did become a ghost. You can't tell me you just got the NBA jam treatment uh, on your way out and you go and you come back vengeful. 
Are you kidding me? You would be like, that was the coolest shit that has ever been done. No, absolutely. Like, do you think Sam just would run in and say, from downtown? She would She would say, BB boom shakalaka, and then fucking <laughs> dunk right in the face. <laughs> yes, that'd be perfect. Uh, the, so uh, for me, I would put Tom from uh, Deadly Friend into Friend Request. Because you think he would just be out right at the beginning? Exactly. He'd be like, so nope. Like, oh, I can't believe Laura Post. Cool. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm moving out. Uh, I'm transferring colleges. I'm moving out of state. G- later. Tom, what about, I don't care. Goodbye. I do not care. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for, uh, and then, and vice versa. Oh, um, that's tough. Um, mm-mm-mm. You put the guy who said he's on his period and <laughs> yes, into I would. he was a he was like a decent comic relief kind of yeah. sort of guy. Like, I mean, I would honestly, I, I, maybe just put Kobe Steakhouse in a deadly. Oh, friend. good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he really they he, he become best friends with uh, Paul. And, no, and, no, and, no. Here's the thing. He's Paul's rival. He's the Mandark oh. to his Dexter. <laughs> so he's trying to build another robot at the same time, and then you have yes. like a battle bot thing. And he says, I'm in. <laughs> Definitely says that. Says that <laughs> okay, I've got a question. For, robot, goes, <laughs> I've got a question for you. Um, do you think uh, the original cut of Deadly Friend um, would have been not just better, because I think we, we agree it would have been better if you just let Wes do what he wanted to do. Uh, do you think it would be perhaps more forgettable than this movie mm-hmm. because there's no ridiculousness? The adjective I was going to use. Mm. Was I think it would be absolutely forgettable. Yeah, it would be weird. It would be like kind of like a hidden gem, probably, but it would be wholly forgettable because, like it or not, Ghost of Wes Craven, the movie lives on because of the Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo death. Like that's, you know, Mama Fertoli or whatever the hell her name is from Goonies getting dunked on is why that film lives on. Mm. Yeah. Um, so follow-up question, just like Old Deadly Friend got basically a, a, a genre swaparoo, what do you think Friend Request would be able to swap into genre-wise? Oh, easy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Mm-hmm. The entire setup is the same. Internet addiction, blah, 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 goth girl befriends popular girl. Goth girl kills herself, becomes an internet ghost. But you shift the genre after that, and then it becomes like a typical college comedy. Like it's like Animal House, but but with Ghost Rider. You've got Animal House, and I mean Ghost Rider as in the PBS show, where like they're like trying to Ferris Bueller their grades, and they're like, "Come on, Goth girl," and she's like, "Okay," boop boop boop, and she goes in the computer system and changes their grades. They're like, awesome! Like, <laughs> it becomes like a big house party movie. With oh, the they're like, they're like, Marina, come on! And then it cuts to, like, the sorority house, and there's, like, and just the, the panty drawers are just opening on their own, and a, a pair of panties starts floating towards the window. Exactly. They're like, yeah! Exactly. Perfect. It's, yeah, it's you're right. Stolen Netflix password, the movie. Yes. All right, I would love that. All right. Well, so, uh, Jan, I hate to break it to you. 
Uh-huh. But we just improved both these films tremendously. Like, oh my I hope God, someone's stealing did. all of these ideas and are going to put these films into production. Yes, please. Immediately. Um, and don't give us any credit for it. Just, definitely don't do that. Just just knowing that we, we could help. Just this the twinkle in a, in a producer, in a billionaire producer's eye, uh, knowing that, uh, that he was able to get an idea from us. That would be enough. That would be enough. And some money. And some money. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it. I think we're absolutely thoroughly done. We've talked about both these films more than anyone ever has, and uh, so I think we're done talking about these films. Yeah, we'll be right back. Okay, Zach. Um, so friend requests. Uh, we we know uh, everything about that movie now. I think that really the, the money maker. You know, you and me. I'm like the the Eddie of the group, and uh, we're trying to make us some cash here. These technology movies. These are big. Okay. So uh, we got to come up with some more ideas for technology movies. So uh, uh, I got to come up with just like a logline or something where it's like, okay. Um, We'll call it filters, and it's Instagram filters, and it's one day a girl found another Instagram filter she'd never seen before, but this one only filtered out murder. Oh, no, I'm realizing this is just say cheese and die. Oh, we can't do that one. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Um, okay. All right. You, 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 come on. Th- throw something at me. Throw something at me. We'll see what sticks. Okay. So the premise is it's a film about uh, a foodie mm-hmm. and they go to the, they go to a restaurant. It's brand new. They go in. They don't have a great meal. They complain about it on Yelp, but then oh. everything that they put in the Yelp review ends up reflecting on them as sort of like a Yelp portrait of Dory. Oh, you know what? This is this is also this is also say cheese and die. This oh, is also yeah. Okay. This is yeah, I guess you're right. That's a shame because you know we the tagline could that movie been like could have been like oh you'll yelp all right out of fear. That would be good. Can the out all of right. fear be in parentheses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's really brackets. It, like you'll yelp um, because you're going to be real spooked by this. Because you'll be scared. Because this is a horror film. <laughs> Buy your tickets in the box office. Okay. Um, we full circle. We're back to the 50s. Yeah. Like, go talk yes. to the, the people <laughs> on today. Get your tickets early. Yes. Um, okay, I've got one. Um, okay, it's called Evil LinkedIn. Oh, no, okay. wait. Hang on. It's called Linked Sin. Oh, there you go. That actually is pretty good. And <laughs> this is a real idea. Here we go. Okay, so um, a young professional, an entrepreneur, is trying to uh, network, but everyone he networks with thinks that his resume is outdated. <laughs> and then that's the the movie. Is he has to fix his resume because. He's it's it's not he's updated losing properly. Opportunities. He's losing opportunities, and that's uh, I mean that's real world terror right there. That's not ghost or goblins, you know. That's like you can't get a job, and then you're yeah, yeah that's awful. Okay, um, so I got one here. So okay, um, all right. Obviously, all right. online dating is very popular these days. Yes, and yes. So, uh, this, I already like it. So this woman is uh, she she meets this guy on on uh, a dating app, and. Uh, you know mm. things are going well. They have sex, and then Good. it's like it's like the movie It Follows. Full penetration, right? Right. Yes. Um, 
but just un, unblinking penetration in the movie. Yes, um, it's like so, Antichrist. That's how it opens. So it's like it's like the movie It Follows, but instead, mm. it, the tagline is "Run, run, run, as fast as you can." It's the STD of the Tinderbread Man. Oh my God, we got to get that. All right, all right, okay, all right. I'm writing that down. Hey, anybody that's listening to this right now, we've already uh, trademarked all of these, so you can't just yeah, trademark, go walk trademark, away. Trademark, okay, trademark, 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 copyright, trademark, copyright. trademark. The Tinderbread Man. Okay, so this is like a physical character, right? Yes, correct. It's like a dude. And is he played by Dennis Leary, like in the that Gingerbread Man movie, horror movie? Uh, first of all, you fucking degenerate. It wasn't Dennis Leary. Who was it? The Ginger Dead Man. It was Gary Busey. Oh my God! You're oh God! I'm so sorry, Dennis. I know you were listening. You were thinking about sponsoring the show. Please excuse my partner here. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I am with Busey. I can't. (laughs) Don't don't do that. Don't do what? Don't. That's the theme of the show. Is I have no self respect. Get the the hell out of here. Uh, Okay. All right. One more pitch here. One more pitch. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Okay. So um, it's a woman. She's a middle aged mom. And uh, she's trying to, like, spice up new recipes and things like that. Um, and so she, so she's looking up ideas, but they're not coming out quite right. Like, she's trying to make cute cookies that look like little ducklings, but they come out all bloated and disgusting. And it's horrible. And every reveal in that of these, these fails, these epic fails, um, uh, uh, is, is more and more horrifying. There's these, you know, truly awful, just musical stings happening when we reveal them and we call it sin trist. I, I noticed, I, I noticed you're going back again. to the sin thing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> well, I can't argue that you're right. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. Yes, please. All right, so yes, all of that, we got the sponsors taken care of, uh, so now I think it's time for plugs. That's everything we've got here for this episode of the Frightful Failures podcast. Uh, by the time this episode goes up, I should have my first full-blown horror review in like a year on uh, Horrible Horrors on YouTube. Wow, this um, is news to me too. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, wax work because my dad actually, for the first time in 15 years, was like, "Hey, you should do this movie." And I was like, "Okay, dad, thanks for finally taking an interest." Um, so I did a I did a review of wax work, so that should be out by the time this episode goes up. Uh, also, fully gimmicked has just dropped some uh, new merch. There's actually some Christmas themed merch for Sue Young, who is one of our uh, favorite mm. ambassadors. So we've made some horror. Um, Christmas stuff for her and um, go check out Punk Pro uh, A Grave Affair. There's some freebie matches that are on YouTube if you search Punk Pro Wrestling or if you go to Pivot Share and search for Punk Pro uh, you can actually watch the whole show for like $5 and you can see TN hosting and uh, kidnapping me 
and getting the shit kicked out of him uh, by a mermaid. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Very convenient. Always plugs everything except our show. Um, so uh, you can follow us uh, at Fright Failures. Um, we are Fright Failures on Twitter, Frightful Failures on Instagram. Um, so those are the main places that you're going to get mainly Instagram. I, I, we've kind of transferred over, to be honest. I don't even know that I made a single tweet about uh, our first episode coming back. I should probably do that. So listen, our PR person. I don't know how a tweet. Um, so um, so check us out there. Um, also, uh, you can check out on YouTube our pin showcase, mm-hmm. Pinheads Enamel House. Uh, check that out. Just search Pinheads Enamel House. Uh, pop right up. Uh, we're big enamel pin nerds, and uh, we're hopefully going to be continuing that series. Um, and then, of course, uh, we want you to stay tuned to the end of this episode. Right, Zach? Yes, absolutely. The second part of the improv conversational horror showcase monster of the week uh the second part will be playing right after we finish here of course the second episode of team viper ghost patrol which uh is led by tn it stars me and some of our friends and is absolutely buck wild and gets real weird real fast so part one was in the last episode part two is here it is a continuing saga and God, we are fucking terrible at it. We're really mm. bad. We you're about to, yeah, yeah you're you're about to find out. I, I I believe episode two is where things really start to go awry. So uh, this is their first adventure out together. The 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 team Viper, these uh, team of monster hunters, this is their first adventure out together. The, uh, what we call the Romanian Wrestlefest. This little saga of episodes here, and so you're going to be getting a complete story. So like I you know like we said, uh, tune in. Um, end of each episode here. Um, and we're about to get into it. So, from everyone here, I'm Zach Romero. I'm T. And Gignol. And continue circulating the tapes. In our world, hidden underneath our very noses, are horrors the likes of which we could never imagine. Bloodthirsty beasts, ancient demonic entities, and inhuman abominations plague the world of the living. Luckily, keeping us safe from it all is. Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Starring Red Viper, retired luchador, and the team's de facto leader. Lowe's in Cincinnati! <laughs> I'm in flex. Dr. Xavier Gobblepot, a man of science and action and science. Science is not racist, it is the future. Jeffy. Half woman, half beast, and 100% badass. I get the crappy dogs because I'm the failed monster. And Lowe's, a man of limited supernatural abilities and unlimited perversion. Oh. Yeah, thanks, man. That's wonderful. And then I just had to walk away. Join these four monster hunters as they travel the world in search of the strange and unnatural. If you've got a problem that defies explanation, then you better call Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Previously on Team Viper Ghost Patrol. Why are you all arriving in my uh, humble town of Capcom Reposet? Um, it's an odd time for you to arrive. I uh, ask maybe you don't make a huge mess around the town because 
we we had sort of a, a horrible tragedy. The girl that you said uh, died recently. What was her name again? Mariana, Mariana Serpen. A tragedy when she was, uh, you know, killed by this creature. How often are people in your village attacked by wild animals? Okay, well, let's just say, I don't know, every few days. Uh, that seems excessive, I gotta be honest. There's a lot of animals around here. Yeah, why are you upset about potatoes? I, I don't I'm, know if there's people around who are gonna be able to eat them. Listen, I don't come to your uh, city tell you how many raccoon you have in your backyard, okay? Look, buddy, a big fucking raccoon killed this girl. The Serban household opens, and Nikolai and Ioana, sort of in each other's arms, uh, greet you. Mr. and Mrs. Serban, uh, I know this has been a great loss for the both of you, so on behalf of Mayor Longo, alongside the Romania WrestleFest, I wanted to present the two of you uh, front row seat tickets to the show to take your mind off things a little bit. We're gonna just kind of look around just real quick here just to make sure on half of the police. I, I'm also searching for the underwear drawer. And yes. you start loudly uh, picking up the panties and <laughs> snorting. While he's doing this, uh, am I? can I just distract Mr. and Mrs. Sherbert? You need to find a way to get him out of the house now. Let's switch over and we see uh, Xavier and Jeffy are down at the lakeshore. All right, I want to investigate. Great. Sniff around. You indeed can figure out here that uh, there are no animal tracks, but you find a scrap of leather. You're saying you just killed the rest of the family? Oh boy. I don't know if we have any other options. It's about all you're going to find there at the, the scene. Can they visit the burial? <laughs> oh God. And dig that bitch up. Now. Romanian WrestleFest Part Two. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, is is it meta to throw in like plans for the future at the moment, or uh, depends uh, what you're uh, well, depends what, you what you're thinking. Like if we're in the middle of conflict, we can't just say, okay, well the plan is I'm going to do this, you're going to do that, yeah. right? And then we're going to do this. And Lowe's has telepathy. I and do. And he does. And you, saw, look, and you looked out the window and saw the grave. And I, I, I telepathically communicate yes. that I, I saw the grave, and so I, I, I also apologize, and I say, something's come over me. Yeah. <laughs> but could he roll something to maybe give them the heads up of, like, hey, if you guys are still okay, can you go search, look at them? Yeah, precisely. Oh, yeah. Definitely we want to be aware of that, uh, that when we split up, you know, I mean, there's some things that we'll just kind of... I specifically didn't yeah. write down the leather thing that she found because I'm like, well, I'm yeah. sure once we meet up, she'll mm -hmm. tell me, but I, I don't yeah. know that right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so it depends what you want to do right now. What are, you, what are you trying can to do? I, can I try to just, like, listen in on... Um, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> Uh, Nikolai and Yolanda, Yolanda. Well, 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 keep in mind, uh, they're, they're, I mean, there's not much to listen on right now because they're like in the arms of Red Viper as he tries to be like, hey, let me show you this, you know, and exactly like, like bench press them or whatever. Um, so there wouldn't be much to listen in on with them right now, I'd say. The, I'd say the, the main thing you want to do, it, it really depends. I mean, I just want to pick, pick at their brains a little bit more of, um, okay. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna say in both of their heads uh, the name of their daughter, Mariana Servant. I'm just gonna say Mariana Servant and listen in and see if I can pick up on anything 
interesting okay. that's happening and use that as like an investigate. All right, let's roll for it. Uh, very low. Okay, so that fails. So you're still in panty heaven right now, buddy. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what else do we have going on right now? Let's so, say, what, so what do you guys want to do right now? Well, I definitely, as the scientist, want to check out that body. But as an action scientist, I can create gadgets to help with the investigation. Okay. So I kind of want to know. Can we speak to the dead? Can we speak oh to Mariana? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't have to dig Holy her up. Shit. Um, so can I create something to amplify? Here's the thing. To speak to her through time. You can yes, but not through six feet of dirt. Okay. So we're we're digging Still that body. Dig so <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind, <laughs> and keep in mind, uh, you two like like Brandon was saying, you two don't know where she's buried right now. Only yeah. they do. Yeah. So uh, either they one of them needs to communicate that to you right now, or uh, you guys need to head back to the house or whatever right, you want to so do. We want to head back. When, meet up with Red when, Viper. When Rob said. <laughs> I'm a scientist, so I'm gonna check the body, but I'm an action scientist. So I'm gonna do a cartwheel to get over there. That was what I thought. Like, yeah, totally. Several awesome, backflips. I'm gonna do an awesome bike trick first, and then I'm gonna figure it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool 90s. Yeah! Okay. Over the ramp. Alright, so we take the leather and. <laughs> Uh, head back to the front of the house. Great. Um, so uh, as you round the corner to the house, um, the family sees you, and you can tell that they're about to reach their breaking point. They don't know what's happening in the house, but they can tell it's something a little weird. Um, uh, they've got this guy kind of like, you know, doing flips for them or whatever, and right. really trying to like, you know, put on a show for them to distract them. And now they see uh, uh, you're dressed fairly normal, right? Uh, yeah, I got an old-fashioned suit. Okay. So a couple of they, so, good-looking so, so they see an old man in a, in a suit. Distinguished, yes. You know, yeah. grinning at everything, yeah. and a half-dog person coming around, and these people are right about to lose it. So... Alright, so... We need to get something going because I want to help someone out on their role. What do we got? You already messed up. You're in, in the hands. I, I am the shits. You're, you're talking to them, trying to talk them through. We got to we gotta do something to defuse this situation. You guys don't see what's happening in the house yet. Oh, okay. We're not can in I, the house yet. Can I no, roll to on. act under pressure? Uh, under what context? Point. Well, um, I'm looking to try to like... Um, so uh, regaling these people with show and tell has not really... <laughs> Accomplish what I was hoping for. You've got like miniature replicas of your belts exactly. and your jacket so, or something. Um, I want to roll to act under pressure, and if I do well, I want to put Mr. and Mrs. Servant in dueling sleeper holds, <laughs> and then lay them on the couches lovingly. Okay, let's let's roll for it. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> my act under pressure is for cool, which I do not have any addition. Okay. Because I don't know if you know this, but putting two elderly people in a sleeper hold, not very cool of you. So <laughs> not, I don't have that word. Not very me. cool. I sincerely there, hope you roll well. So we're, now, we're not in the house, but are we in the house and I can help out? Like you are maybe? outside the house. You are approaching. I'd say you're maybe five feet away from this, so he can kind of look back and see you're coming. Right. But... Uh, all right, well, you roll then. Okay. We got this. Because I was just going to say, just to make sure, the help outs and things like that can come retroactively, correct? Like, if I roll and shit the bed, can they help me out still, or do they have to make the decision beforehand? Because if it goes In this bad, case, they're... 
Okay, so since I established that they can see you, then I think by the logic, I, I have to give you the benefit of that they can they can roll for you okay. if you fuck up. Because I'm just saying, because if he rolls and it's bad and he starts grabbing them, by the time we walk in, I'm like, well, he's got one in yeah. his sleeper. I'm just going to have to action chop this. Yeah. <laughs> Is but action chop a custom move <laughs> of yours? <laughs> it's going to be now. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm acting under pressure. Today. Yes, let's see it. Oof. That's a six. Six. So that's pretty much precisely the kind of role you would be able to help out on. So whichever one of you wants to help out, you're rolling plus cool. Um, yep. And you're going to need... Okay, well, I'm negative. I'm at one. So, oh, well, <laughs> you're going to take away. You can write those on there if it helps. We've got uh, a cool action works. scientist over here. I'm pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So let's see. I'm rolling to help you out. Eleven. Shit. Okay, so no, that's you got a twelve. So, oh yeah, yeah twelve. Oh, I got a plus one. So that's a that's a perfect help out, which means you just barely made it, <laughs> which means. So if if I may. Yes. So uh, I imagine Red Viper goes to start to put the sleeper hold on, but uh -huh. it's a six. So yes. I'm like kind of hesitating. I look over my shoulder, action signs, thumbs up, the thumbs up, <laughs> and I'm like. I got it, and just put both of these bitches out. Like, okay, so it's, it says it's a twelve for me. You need so. so but what you gotta do? You gotta. You gotta <laughs> <laughs> you I doubted myself until there was an audience that was like, I got you it. So here's the thing. That, here's the thing, though. Um, that is great, but. Um, uh, the rules in this are going to deduce that you, he's actually he's granting you a plus one to your roll. So, you so, you so it's not that you're at a perfect twelve now. According to this. Advance on a 12 plus, your help lets them act as if Ooh. they just rolled a 12, regardless of what they actually got. Ooh. Why does your little stupid PDF say that? My book I bought doesn't say that. <laughs> what the hell? All right. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. Either way, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Either, okay. Either either That's it's fine. Spectacular, or I just it's spectacular. You knocked them out. Okay. So, I was gonna so, say, so like he goes for it. He mm -hmm. looks over at me and like murder. She wrote on. Time to go to sleep. <laughs> and then yes, sleeper on both of them, and then just drag him in the house. By, by then, I, I am appreciative of his sleeper hold. I've already like done the shake heads with the sock puppet. I'm trying to walk out. We all meet up. I share information about the. Um, the My God, is the sock puppet out? Oh no! Oh, oh no! No! no. Oh, so, oh, thank God! Thank God! No, oh. no! 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 That only comes out when I need to like produce my inner thoughts. You don't think in your panty heaven that he walked yeah. in on you with that sock puppet out? Oh, oh God! Uh, They're gonna uh, fuck they him in the dead girl's bedroom. <laughs> That was no, the thing. It wasn't inside yet. You saw from the outside. Okay. All right. If you're insisting that the sock puppet's away, then it's then it's it's away. It is away. That was a narrow miss, though. You almost defiled this little this poor little girl's room with two adult men. So. So okay. So we reconvene, obviously. Yes. Share what we found. So now I think. So leather strap, down. right, and, and no, no animal, tracks. animal tracks, and then... Uh, and you know where the body is. Yeah. I, I mean, they're knocked out if we want to just do a fast dig on this body. I got this, well, guys. While, we need while, to yeah, learn while, as while much we as we can. Here, you can. You could probably, like, because I can communicate with things. I'll science the shit out they of don't. You're going to have to pull out the puppet. They don't have... They don't have tabloids here, do they? <laughs> Uh, they have uh, one man who furiously types away at a little typewriter 
once a week. They don't have and he might hear about this. He does not have a camera, the no. You need to call one of your fans to help That's dig. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you make them do That's it. true. This poor fan. <laughs> Imagine you got a call right now from, like, Kane, yeah. and he was like, hey... I need you to help me dig well, up a dead body. Glenn Jacobs, who is Kane, currently running for mayor of the town he grew up in. So he's like, what? look, I need you to dig up a dead girl's body for me. Wait, can you call the mayor? Is he a fan? <laughs> oh, shit. Is he a fan? We need to find out. You never rolled to find out. I mean, I guess if you want to, he did say if there's anything you need. He said anything. I mean. We do have, do have a half, half wolf, half That's dog, true. half bear. Half something. Yes. So she's only half as good at digging. True. So it's just like a human. Mm -hmm. so the good paw. Really good. Yeah, the good paw can dig. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do right now, you gotta let me know. Right, well, let me. Let's start with. Let me see if there is a fan around. We'll try that. Okay. So what's the what's the role for that? Uh, it's, plus, it's plus charm. Okay, but what's the move? It's uh, asking your you. exploits in Telemundo have not gone unnoticed. When you contact a devoted fan to help you with a mystery, <laughs> roll plus charm. So <laughs> my my thinking is. We're walking towards the field, and if there happens to be a villager, that's who I'm rolling for. If I roll shittily, then they'll just continue on with their business. So what's that sound like? Is it just you just kind of shouting your, like... Whatever my catchphrase your was. Your catchphrase? Yeah. And then flexing. Okay. And if they react, then I'm like, all right, we're a Okay, fan. so let's hear your catchphrase shouted. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get a little flex, and then you'll roll for it. Okay. Uh... The catchphrase, since he is the uh, red viper, is just <laughs> and then flex, and then we roll. Plus, one. that guy keeps walking. Okay. <laughs> you can mark experience for oh, that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, so that succeeded. Uh, so that scared the locals. We're gonna have yes. to do it ourselves. Do I just get to go dig it up, or should we roll to see how? You will want to roll under pressure. Whichever one of Ooh, you they have so decided, elected, gets the honor of defiling a young girl's uh, grave. Not, under pressure is for, is for cool, by the way, which I have none in. Uh, I have yeah, plus one. Negative. Negative. What's up, Action wow. Bronson? That's you. Well, as a man of action. <laughs> Let's dig up this dead girl. Start digging. Xavier, I believe you have a tool for this. Ooh. Let me actually use a catchphrase from uh, Dimitri earlier. Can you dig it? Oh, nice. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so do I want to create a tool? It's only six feet down, but that's going to take some time by hand. I roll for a gadget. Yeah, I think he's got to roll make a super shovel. Well, no, no, I don't have to roll. I get to create a gadget, and I tell the keeper what I want it to do, and then he gets to pick a bunch of stats about it. I love this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what do we need this to do? Because we need, well, I want to build a gadget to, to talk dig. to the dead girl before she dies. Well, true. Uh, we got to dig her up. Hopefully, don't make it like a fucking combine that's going to just <laughs> no. wood chipper her before like it's done. So, I don't know what your guys' magic is like, but my weird is like plus three. Ooh, plus um, three. And Holy observe shit. another place or time. Oh, shit. Whoa. That's what we so need right there. So, we dig there. her up and... So, we dig her up and you can observe another place or time. So, you can observe... Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah, right. I mean, digging her up uh, in this case, uh, several of you have uh, you know components that are going to work well for this. You can see another place of time. Didn't you say that you can communicate with the dead, or or, or, or yeah. was that okay? You 
So that's what you mean by communicate with the dead. He wants to build something to communicate with the dead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Well, uh, let's (laughs) see here. a little girl. (laughs) So what what did you like this device to be capable of? Hold on a second. How long has it been since she died? Oh, two, days. two days. Two days. All right, so it's pretty fresh soil. It's been set a little in, bit. Instead mm-hmm. of digging her up, why don't we take a stealthier method so the parents don't wake up to like the the whole grave being dug up, or we're not walked in on. Like we could, you could make a device that like quickly tunnels through, like a small tunnel, and just connects like the the brain to whatever the device is, and then you could probably just hook up, and then you know there you go. Well, see, the problem is, I can create the coolest devices, but he gets to pick the stats. So it could be super hard to make, could take a long, it could backfire yeah. on us if it's bad. So whatever he picks, I get to change one of those. Okay. So that's what I we got to be careful of. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> the battle of the minds begins. All right. Well, then give me the exact specifications of what you want this machine to do. All right. So if we don't want to dig her up, we just need access to her. Access to her. Just bury the dog girl and call it. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so I guess, do we just want to... What if we just teleport her head up here? That's all we need. Or just a, a part of her. Yeah. <laughs> teleport. Yes, portals. Well, I was going to say, if we want to do the drill idea, just really make sure you aim that just so... Just right in the brain. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, but, yeah. Well, let's go for the drill then. People seem to like the drill. We're, we're drilling into this dead girl's skull well, six feet down. Well, because then we can kind of cover the, the hole. <laughs> and it's good. Yeah, yeah no, perfect, perfect. perfect. To know how and now I have a super body. drill we can use later. I like this. So okay. we're going with a drill that can go at least six and a half feet to get to this girl's decomposing brain or what's left of it. <laughs> and really sink the putt there right at the end. Science is not racist. That's true. It is horrific. I might change my catchphrase okay. to that. I had a pretty good catchphrase. That's my new one. Science I is like not racist. All right. Holy you crap. monsters. <laughs> um. one of twist. Us. It's Monster of the Week. The monsters were here the whole time. <laughs> monsters are us. Yeah, this is the ultimate twist. That might be the name of the show. The monsters are us. <laughs> Okay, um, so so here's the thing. So as he said, um, uh, there's there's a couple of uh, caveats here, statistics, and he'll be able to adjust one of those, or I guess just delete it uh, in a sense. So uh, you'll need some help building this. Mm-hmm. It will requires a successful use magic as part of construction, which coincidentally is going to be the help you're going to need. So it's going to be two successful use magics, Gracious. and it's going to take a little bit of time. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. So we should figure out a way to distract the parents because they're going to wake up at now, some point. Not if we kill them. Yeah, it'll take a little bit of time. How'd you solve the mystery? Rob, we Rob, murdered Rob. everyone associated with it. So, the no. end. Problem solved. Good night. Um, <laughs> we'll need to use magic. Die. They can't die if they're already dead, guys. Although, okay, so she's good with magic. Out, she's got the plus yeah. for that. I so I'll carry him to your limo. Spooky's oh, good with magic geez. too. Yes. I was gonna we'll say, yeah, I got it, so I can actually send him to my wrestle. Yes, to wrestle. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> You're plus three and weird. Yeah. Okay, so we'll probably want to use you. Yeah. Uh, so let's do. I'll need some help, and it requires successful Does, magic. Uh, is what we have planned going to be that kind of pressure as well? I substitute one for a different yeah, option. Yeah, from both of you. You're lifting up unconscious okay, bodies. First, first, 
Let's let's time and blindfold him. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because here's the thing. We got when some we big get granny them, panties. When we get them. them to the limo, I'm gonna let Ezekiel know that this is a code four seven B. Ah, hers. So we're gonna stick him in the limo. We're gonna uh, douse him with a bunch of booze and uh, and have like some of the wrestling playing on in the TV. <laughs> so so is this like up, a is this like a weekend at Bernie's? Yes. So when they wake up, they're gonna be like, "What?" I'd be like, and Ezekiel's gonna fill him in like, "You guys got the tickets. You're on your way. All expenses paid." Like, oh my god. So that's the that's the gimmick. So, and, and you expect that they'll just be like Mariana who? Well, exactly. And the limo locks from the outside. So fuck it. <laughs> oh, okay. Child right. So hold on. Here we go. Okay. So after you've picked the stats, which I marked. Yes. I can substitute one for a different one. The other ones, uh, I think he picked the pretty good ones. I, I although I think it would be funny to make it not very reliable. <laughs> 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 it just bores. Easy, easy does it. Easy there. That's it. It's right, gonna be uh, like whatever. Dead Space Two. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoops, whoops. Whoops. That's an oopsie. All right, so it'll take a long time to build relative to the time frame. Do I know the time frame it's going to take to build? Because, yeah, if they're throwing You would expect limo, that uh, because you are a genius action scientist that it's only going to take you roughly phew, between 5 and 15 minutes to right, whip up I, almost I like anything. Um, so long for you means 20 to 25 minutes. Um, okay. Uh, you know, so, obviously time moves a little different in this world, but... Yeah. I'm going to need some help, so I'm going to ask Jeffy over here, because they're high in magic, so I need them to roll successfully. So which one are you... Are, okay, so you're both uh, rolling for magic then in order to... for magic, okay. In order to build this machine. All right. Well, let's do this. So you're both rolling plus weird. Okay, so that's the perfect time for one of you to help out. Because you're still in the room, yeah, right? Uh, unless, unless, be honest, have you already... Started to proceed with your plan about the bodies? Well, no, I put them in a sleeper hold. They're going to stay yeah, sleepy they're, they're okay. for a bit. Okay. like two seconds. So okay. we'll see how this goes first. Okay. Um, so what is your cool, Lowe's? Nothing? Not good. Uh, mine is, is just nothing. I don't have a negative. Well, you could roll to help out. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Help out yeah, is plus cool. cool yeah. So that's all I was checking. I actually step on one of the pieces. That's what I'm <laughs> Because I'm an mark idiot. Experience. That's true. I do mark awesome. experience for that. All right, so I'm gonna need Listen, you. Listen, uh, since you're also rolling for weird, um, I'm I'm gonna make the call here mm -hmm. that since you're both trying to build this, you're not gonna be able to help him out. So it's all gonna be on you right now. If you can roll a successful help out on him, then we're gonna succeed with this machine. You got it. Nine. So that Sorry. means your your roll successful. Did you roll already? No. I was okay. waiting to see how that went. Let's hit it. Six. Six, and then I have three, so nine. There you go. Hey, there we go. So the machine's getting started. Well, with the limited resources we have, I feel I can whip together some kind of drill to tap into this girl's brain. Might be able to help you out with some of my magic. Oh, uh, so in that case, then, uh, Lowe's, it's gonna be like Cincinnati all over again. We gotta get back in that house and throw those people in the limo. <laughs> I, I just send images of Cincinnati. Oh, God. <laughs> So many fluids. All right, let's go. So uh, we both have to act under pressure. And then I, That's I, exactly I right. With the the chipper face. <laughs> just the double thumbs I just, up. I just like, picture you like this is gonna be really bad. <laughs> I'm also gonna make a call right now, so you're not surprised by it, okay. since you're going inside the house and away from them. They cannot help you out on a roll right, right now. Yeah. yeah. That seems fair. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, act under pressure is plus cool, which again, we are both not so cool. Let's do it. Uh, five, six, seven. Ooh, uh, two. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So does he like sprain his ankle on the way to the house? Like, am I doing this on my own? So on that critical miss, as you, who are you picking up? The father or the mother? Can I tell you what my concern is? Sure. My concern is that we go. You should have a lot of concerns yes. right now. That my concern is that we go, we go in the house, and Lowe sees the goddamn panties on the staircase and just beelines back upstairs again, like, and I'm just left on my lonesome down here with the two unconscious people. Like, that's my biggest fear walking into this with the two. Listen, I would have. Uh, I just want to say that, in all fairness, I would have given you uh, the the ability to pick up both of them like the macho man you are and take them both to the limo on like a you know a ten. Right, that's fair. But you rolled what a seven? I rolled a seven. So I'm so you are picking up now. one of them. Who are you picking up? Um, be a gentleman. Carry the lady first. I was gonna say, action okay. tidy is right. So, so you're picking yeah. up Joanna Serban. This is Serban, yeah, and <laughs> you. You leave to go no, bring it to the limo. Like, let's not completely shit on me. I did. I was successful. Like I was. Yeah, I know. To, you're, you're being. I'm not there. shitting on I'm you. Is this not sure. what you wanted to do? I, true. You no, wanted saying, to pick her up and take it to the limo. His correct. Two ends yeah. up with like, and now that house is on fire. Like, <laughs> let's not punish me entirely. You're not getting punished, but keep in mind, you guys have kind of. Fuck this situation yeah, already. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think there's a kind of about this. I mean, <laughs> I'm to say we have thoroughly fucked. That's what I'm situation. saying. I think it's I've been a, I've been pretty generous so far. True. Truly so have. so you uh, have picked up Mrs. Serban and yeah. you are and you would now like to proceed to the limo, correct? Correct. Okay. <laughs> As you're exiting the building, that's when you hear him go, "Oh, and uh, get distracted by all the panties that are still all over the floor and run over there." Okay? So, you are almost finished with the machine. It's almost done. So, here's the situation. The machine is almost finished. Thank God. You have put her in the limo, correct? Correct. What are you doing now? Well, I was going to ask you. uh, Can I basically attempt to do another act under pressure to go pick up... Once you get back to the house, yeah. Okay. So, So, are you headed back to the house right now? I have explained... What kind of scenario it is to Ezekiel, my chauffeur? I'm heading back to that. Great. You are in panty heaven. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> now, we'll wait till he gets back. I was just going to ask. Nowhere else can, I would want to be. Can, <laughs> can Lowe's try to do some kind of Vulcan mind meld or something like that with the unconscious Mr. Sherman? He can, but he's going to need to act under pressure first. And, oh, of, course, of course. And you guys are going to have some else. I have else very poor impulse control. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it hasn't been working out for you. Like, you're, you've got a pa- you've got a panty a peony in one hand, and you're just looking at the dad like, let's see what kind of kinky shit you're into. Like, I, I just imagine that's another option on the table. Um, but I don't know how much of an opportunity we're going to have to do that. So It's not often that I have a good reason to search somebody's house. I don't know if this was a good reason to search somebody's <laughs> house. I think it just kind of fell that way. It was. It was there a was reason. an excuse. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's a reason. Doesn't oh, have to man, be this, perfect. This show, this show's got to be on HBO or something, right? This got real dark. <laughs> it really did. Like, yeah. This became like the Spawn animated series or something, where they're just like, "There's no way we can put this anywhere else now." <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, we drilled into a little girl's skull who's dead. No, yes. not yet. We're getting. Oh, it's true. We're I mean, here's the thing. Would it have been better or worse if she was alive? 
Would we still have it drilled into our head either way? Uh, knowing you guys at this point. Are you saying she's not dead? Well, I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Oh yeah. What if we dig? What if they drill and there's nothing in there? Yeah. Before before they drill, I'll just try to telepathy and see if there's anything down there. Any any hamsters spinning? It's too late. It's too late. Oh, you already drilled? It is, like to be fair, hour. it's too late to apologize to the Serban family. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's a terrible thing to do here them. All right. Yeah, this this mystery fell apart real yeah, quick on our end. Apparently. Like, beautifully I mean, pieced yeah. together on your end, completely fell apart on our end. So... I'm picturing Rob Lowe doing all this, and this is ruining Rob Lowe like, for me. Yeah! So, oh. uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I'm on my way back. To you're on the way back to the house. Um, you know, I mean, their their house is like midway into the village, so it took you a little bit of time to run down to the limo, put them in, talk to your driver real quick, and now you're on the way back, and you're basically almost back. You're like, um, you're walking up the driveway, the walkway there. What did you tell Ezekiel? Like, listen, buddy, he know he knows you. He's good. For Cincinnati. Yeah. He know. Okay. Okay. Machine's almost finished. Couple minutes away from being finished, Penny Heaven. Can I roll the break it's out been, of Penny? You can, but Nikolai's waking up. Uh oh. It might be signature move time. <laughs> he wakes up. I'm gonna have to put this guy in a certain staff EDT. What I will do. He wakes up. I, I pull out my sock puppet as he wakes up, and I just stare. He, he wakes up, That's and the first thing he sees is out the window. He sees a machine digging into his daughter's grave. Oh god! And then he hears you moaning and just coming your pants in his. Hey, I didn't get that far. Wife's sure, maybe not yet. Uh, in his wife's room with his panties, and he shouts, "My Mozza!" <laughs> because unfortunately for all you guys, I had a contingency plan for if you decided to dig up this girl's grave, <laughs> and that would be good. a creature that these this family had found years ago that they've been keeping as a pet underneath their house. It is a five-foot-tall ape-like creature. Okay. It, it looks like it has no skin. It's just red like muscle. And it has very sharp teeth and very sharp claws. And as soon as uh, Nikolai shouted its name, it erupted from beneath the floorboards and is now in the living room. He has muttered something in Romanian, presumably to the effect of, kill all of these people. And I think it's safe to say that the shit has hit the fan for you guys. Will the team survive an attack from this deadly creature? Will Lowe's escape from Panty Heaven again? Will Dr. Cobblepot's machine succeed in drilling into this poor dead girl's brain? All these answers and more next time on Team Viper Ghost Patrol.